entertained? Are you not entertained? I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. What's up, video landers? I'm Brad, and with me today are my wingmen. Cousin Wayne. And Josh. Remember, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Videoland. Real quick, guys, I want to plug episode 218, Interstellar versus 2001 Space Odyssey. That was so much fun. Did you guys, did you, were you guys worried that that wasn't going to make Pantheon? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because I, I could just picture people watching it and having, you know, my initial reaction of, Oh my god, this is so fucking boring. How can this be Pantheon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> great, great episode. It got a little rough. <laughs> a little rough. My ass is still sore, man. You guys gaped me. <laughs> but that's what Versus is all about. Trying to find the best winner, the best picture. Um, it was so and ripping into somebody's ass. <laughs> my wife is on the council. And, you know, like, my wife and I, we disagree all the time. You know, she voted um, against 2001. I was a big, you know, proponent for it. She watched it, dude. And you know that your best villain? Yes. Okay, for 2001, which was, what was his name? Do you remember I at this point? I can't remember his name now. He was uh, the, uh, the, the guy in charge of the uh, 2001 mission at the beginning, yeah, you know, going to the, the moon base. Yeah, he wasn't that much. But and I go, watch, watch this scene with me. Tell me if you think he's a fucking villain. Because Cousin <laughs> Wayne gave him the best villain. She watched it. She was like scratching her head, trying to figure out the best villain. So... Well, that's why she didn't like you. didn't bring that shit here tonight, Cousin Wayne. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I thought a guy who caused the whole death and destruction of a ship and a computer to go haywire was not, you know. <laughs> but I, the way you described it was he didn't buy flowers or some shit. No, didn't want to give his daughter a phone. Was that what it was for her birthday? Well, he was kind of acting like a dick. You know, he kept asking, what, anything you want, baby, anything you want. I'd like a phone. You have enough phones. What would you like? Uh, uh, a bush hog? Well, we'll see. <laughs> so let me let me move out of the way. Josh, that's a villain. Josh, shit. I'm, I'm just gonna. Did you think that was Panthea, or did you, you think that was a villain worthy? Best villain worthy? No. <laughs> <laughs> you actually changed my. Hey, opinion. hey I'm gonna talk yeah, about this did. fucking episode, douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. So, out of the Interstellar versus 2001 Space Odyssey, <laughs> 2001 went to the council, and it is now. Pantheon. Well, that, fucking right, that's one of our fucking first uh, wins for this year, isn't it? Do yeah, we have any other so. wins? Not that I know. Because we sent Watchmen. Their right, way. We only sent two, a couple. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think we sent Watchmen because Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles. We didn't have a winner there at the table. Um, King Kong, Godzilla didn't have a winner there. Um, watch. We sent them Watchmen. What was Raiders last year? Raiders was last year. We okay. sent them. Yeah. So we finally got a win. Uh, this year, guys, I'm, I'm happy about that. that. Uh, but I was uh, when I was editing the episode, Wayne. I was thinking, <laughs> do you think our ancestors? Do you think they touched the monolith, or were they in a in a cave beaten off? You know, I think they were in a cave beaten off. <laughs> what about your ancestors? Um, no comment. <laughs> beaten off. <laughs> so yes, we are critics with attitude. So you might hear some locker room talk. We might talk briefly about monkeys beating sure, off in caves. Before the beating off in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure we'll talk about sexing up some replicants. You never know what we're going to talk about on this episode. So, uh, Cousin that's Wayne, a sure bet. Would you, <laughs> yes. well, let's get that out of the way. Would you have sex with a replicant? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> would you? Well, they're, they're, there's an industry standard, isn't there? They, they have models for that. <laughs> there are people out there fucking 
rubber plastic dolls. Why should I feel guilty about fucking that a robot? True. <laughs> true. That's real life. Yes. Exactly. You know, at least it'll talk to me and shit. So if you are still listening, then this is the podcast for you. <laughs> now that 90% of you have left. <laughs> you, my friend, <coughs> are a video ender. <laughs> you love movie reviews and cock jokes. <laughs> and, spoiler alert, if you have not watched Blade Runner or Akira, then I don't know what you're doing listening to this podcast. We will talk about both movies in great detail. So if you don't want the movies ruined, stop now and come back later. And as usual, if this is your first Versus episode, then welcome to Versus. Versus is AV's Fight Club of Sorts, where we pit two movies against each other and see who comes out the victor. Consider Versus the Thunderdome of movie watching, where two movies enter and only one movie leaves. We use Versus to examine and discuss films we've needed to see or haven't seen in a while. We recognize a genre director's achievements by forming a list of categories, and the various category winners are awarded golden idols. And the film with the most golden idols wins. This exercise has helped us understand filmmaking and change the way we watch movies. With Blade Runner 2049 being released in a few months, we decided to put two bleak, dystopian futures against each other. The original Blade Runner versus Akira. We found many similarities between these two films. Hell, both films are, what, they take place in 2019. Um, and interesting enough, they are both inspired by a French sci-fi comic titled Metal Hurlant. That's like the French version of uh, Heavy Metal Magazine, too, exactly. I want to throw in there. I I loved that magazine. I loved it when I was a kid. I, I haven't grabbed an issue in you know, probably about 20 years or more. But I, I loved reading that magazine as a kid. And I, I actually looked at Amazon. They have uh, Metal Hurlant. Um, I think... Uh, Edition one and two, uh, we can buy them. Oh, the, really? the, the first edition is like, man, I want to say two hundred fifty bucks, but you can get oh, the second version for like, I think it's like fifty bucks. So all collected editions. See, I've, I've never grabbed an, uh, an issue of that, and honestly, I'd never heard of it until you know a couple of months ago when you first talked about it. So I'd love to get my hands on that. Yeah, it, did you guys see the artwork I posted on Facebook? Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, fucking beautiful. It looks artwork great. I, I think uh, edition one is more sci-fi, and edition two is geared more towards fantasy and yeah. horror, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, check out Metal Hurlant or Heavy Metal. Um, Blade Runner and Akira broke all the established rules and altered the course of science fiction movies forever, in my opinion. Um, this is probably my favorite Versus that we've done since we've started Versus. This has been really hard on me. Yeah, um, I can't wait to see uh, who comes out the winner. But tonight, Cousin Wayne, <laughs> how do these two sci-fi films... Stack up against each other. Pretty fucking close, actually. Uh, Blade Runner was made in 82. Uh, stars Harrison Ford, Rutger Hauer, and Sean Young. Uh, Kira came out in eight, 1988. Stars uh, Nozumu Sasaki. Pardon me if I'm not pronouncing these right. Uh, Mami Koyama and Mitsuo Iwata. Uh, Blade Runner on IMDb got an 8.2. And Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 89%. Uh, Akira, uh, IMDb, gave it an 8.1. And Rotten Tomatoes... 87%. So they pretty fucking close. Man, 87% and 8.1. Wow. Look, so Akira, well, it's Blade Runner 8.2 <clears throat> versus 8.1. Is yeah. that what we're looking at? Yep. And 89% versus 87%. That's, that's fucking close. close. Now, that's a versus if, I'd, if I've ever seen one. I actually feel like those are those percentages are strikingly low for the quality of I, I'm with yeah. you on that, I too. think so, I mean, too. That, I think so, too. I think they should have been in the 90s, personally, but... Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this next subject, but just to bring some <clears throat> clarity, um, with Akira, pretty basic um, English subtitles with um, the foreign language. Correct? Is that how we watched yeah, it? Yeah, that's how I did it. Yep. Okay. Um, 
let's talk about the different versions of Blade Runner for people watching. Why we chose the final cut for this versus. Um, just hypothetically, if this does make Pantheon status at the table, if it gets sent out tonight, um, Blade Runner. It doesn't matter what cut you watch. I, I think you should be whatever, yeah. whatever ending. Whatever flow you like of the movie, I think that that should was what should go up, like we did with our Watchmen. Don't you guys agree tonight? Yeah, yeah. Blade Runner is an experience in a lot of ways. It is. I mean, like 2001, it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was uh, Nathan who commented uh, about Blade Runner and how he loved it, but it was so boring and stuff. And, and I get where he's coming from, but that's exactly how I felt about 2001. It's yep. definitely pantheon material. You're on the other side of that, exactly. Where you, yeah, and yep. there, there's appeal there if you know where to look. Yeah. And Nathan mm-hmm. did say Agreed. both, in his opinion, are pantheon. Yeah. See, not, again, that's that's. How I feel yeah. about it. It's, I think the poll last time I looked, he also <laughs> said Donald the Dead is Pantheon too. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just don't know where he's going. <laughs> well, fuck you, Nathan. <laughs> so yeah, I want to bring up um, the different the different versions, and then I want to get just a quick um, just your opinions on it. Okay. So we have the 1982 original work print. Um, it pretty much failed in test audiences. There's no voiceover, no happy ending, no unicorn dream. Um, so it's pretty much the shitty version of the final cut, okay? And then 1982, we have the U.S. theatrical. Um, there, there are voiceovers. Um, happy ending. Deckard and Rachel drive. <laughs> happy ending. Who wants bread? One, I got happy ending. Deckard and Rachel drive through the countryside using Stanley Kubrick shining country countryside footage. Yeah. Okay, which is very interesting because uh, with Blade Runner. Um, the investors, they thought the movie was a disaster. Um, they didn't care for, you know, at the end of the movie, um, him picking up an origami, looking at the girl, walking into the elevator, bingo, that's it. You know, that's all that they saw. They're like, this does not fucking work. Okay, <laughs> we want something a little bit more. So they, they used... Um, conventional. Stanley, yeah, they wanted something more conventional, so they used Stanley Kubrick's shining footage to, <laughs> to put to the end of this to give a happy ending. Way to go, Ridley Scott. <laughs> and there's no unicorn... I can't wait to see that version. And there's no unicorn dream, unicorn dream which yeah. makes it a little bit more ambiguous. Okay? A little. It, 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 it makes it... Completely. Completely <laughs> ambiguous. You don't have a fucking clue. <laughs> yeah, it makes it ambiguous. Um, 1982, we have the international release, which is just added violence is really yeah. all that's there um blood was huge overseas <laughs> i think they have deckard jerking off into the fire <laughs> killing 10 replicants like I don't know. rapes rachel and shit I, I think the added violence was really against like tyrell and when they yeah. when they take out his eyes yeah boy I, he i mean he almost like, tears the skull yeah apart, i think they rips off his head and shits down his throat <laughs> pretty <laughs> much so goes all over with a shotgun Prometheus. yeah pretty yeah, exactly <laughs> so he got it in there somewhere yeah, nice <laughs> and then we have the 1992 director's cut so it's not done by scott which is my personal favorite by the way okay so not done by scott <clears throat> but approved by him that's fucking weird it is yeah so no voiceovers no happy ending rachel uh, deckard and rachel just draw or just leave deckard's flat so it's, it's just like the final cut and there's no unicorn or there is a unicorn dream suggesting that deckard could be a replicant yes okay and then the the, the version that we went tonight which is um paul's right there Blade Runner 2049, the reason we're doing this episode tonight, Blade Runner 2049 comes out in October. Um, it's Dennis Villeneuve. Um, his, it's his favorite version, his final cut. Um, it's really Scott's favorite version um, of Blade Runner. And uh, so we wanted to take a look at that. Final cut also Ford's is... Ford's favorite is... is his is the final cut, too. No? Is it? I think it is. Yeah, yeah, even though it's ambiguous still, it's... I mean, well, he, he wants to. Deckard to be... 
Human. He wants him to be human. No question. Yeah. So it's interesting. If you're listening to this, this tonight, um, there's a fun conversation between Ridley Scott and Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford never... Fun now. I guess it used to be pretty heated. Actually, I think it gets <laughs> yeah. heated now. Uh, yeah. Dennis Villanueva, I think that's his, how you pronounce his last name. He said, sitting in the room with Ridley Scott and Harrison Ford was one of the geekiest moments of his life, hearing both of them go back and forth whether or not Deckard is a replicant or not. And that's to this day. Okay? Yeah. With him directing 2049. The creators get to have that discussion. Yeah. It just reinforces what the fans are doing. Yeah. So, 20, uh, 2007 Final Cut was Scott's final version done by him. Um, it's the real director's cut. All right. Oh, I love it. it. It's, it's a close call with me on it. On that, it's, I put it just a little bit behind the director's cut, personally. Yeah, pretty much everything's and there. And it looks a lot better, too. He really cleaned it up. Yeah, so that's the bit. Many technical improvements. And um, it's the same mm-hmm. content as director's cut with new scenes. So there's a couple added scenes, mm-hmm. but there's no voiceovers. Um, there's no happy ending. And there's a unicorn dream. Okay? Yeah. So it's pretty much the director's cut with, with cleaned up and a couple changes, you know, approved by... Um, yeah. Scott. So real quick, to get out of the way, what are you guys' opinion, um, Wayne? You might not have one, Josh, because you've only seen Blade Runner. This, this is your second time? Second first time. time. Yep. So Wayne, voiceovers, happy ending, unicorn dream. Thoughts on that? Uh, I, I'm not too big on the voiceovers. Did you go back and watch it recently? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Voice, voiceover? Okay. And the one thing I, I feel is really important is, is that unicorn dream and him finding the unicorn you know, origami. Because without, you know, if you just put one in or none in, they, they're meaningless. You know, because if you don't have either one of those in, and somebody says, oh, do you think Deckard's a replicant? There, there's no hints, no nothing that he ever would be. So yeah, there, there's exactly. no argument whatsoever. Ford Not, didn't want that, though, right? Uh, no, he didn't. He want, He did. He wanted human. He didn't want any of those scenes. But, you know, really kind of told him too fucking bad. Yeah, he, <laughs> he felt that it undercut the human story of Deckard discovering his lost humanity. Yeah. Is and then quote the, from Harrison Ford. If you have just fair. one, like the dream yeah. or him just finding the unicorn or gummy, you're completely lost. Yeah. You know, he, I'll say, hey, he might be a replicant. Why? Oh, because he had a unicorn dream. Or he just found the origami piece. But if you have both scenes in there put together, it's it's a revelation. And it's a revelation at the same time, not just uh, for Deckard's, or, well, Harrison Ford's character, Deckard, but for the audience watching it as well, it's almost like they both just, oh, shit. Yeah. It's yeah, interesting, too. Did moment. you notice that the unicorn origami is actually made out of tinfoil at the end there? Yeah. Everything else is paper throughout the movie, so I I don't know if there's something there with See, that. I always figured maybe it was just, you know, he chewed gum or some shit, you know? And, yeah, yeah. Because so he, he's just picking up something off well, the Well, like floor. when they were at the, uh, the, the police department Put office there. The ashtray. Exactly. Yeah. You know, just he'll just use whatever the fuck around. Whatever he finds, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So very interesting, too. Um, if he is a replicant, though, um, I think it would be interesting because then he would be he'd have to live with those decisions of hunting down his own kind, you know, which I think would really bring some weight to his role going into 2049. Um, well, he didn't really want to start to do it to begin with. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he, he was trying to eat, and you know, they drug him in there. Which he, could be something underlined right there in itself. It, true. And know? then like when he was talking to, I can't remember the, the captain's name or whatever, but he's like, I was quit when I walked in, and I'm just as fucking quit now. And he starts yeah. to look out, he's like, you know the score, you're little people. Yeah. Basically, like, if you don't do this, I'll throw your fucking ass in jail. Yeah, you won't be nothing if you're not. So it was a, you know, it's not like Harrison Ford wanted to do this. Or his, sorry, his Deckard, his character. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, you do this or I'm going to lock your sorry ass up. Yeah, you Take won't be pick. nobody. Yeah. Like, so if he's on the run, I don't think he would do that. You know what I mean? Or if he just left or whatever, he'd be like, fuck no, I'm not hunting shit. You know, I didn't want to do it to begin with and I sure as fuck don't want to do it now. That's just my opinion on that. Okay. Um, with a voiceover, I remember loving it. I think that was the first really? um, edition 
that I really, really loved as a kid that I grew up on was that was that the voiceover. I can see the appeal in it. Too. Yeah, it's I, very film I, I, noir. I think the first version that I saw was the one you showed me, and I believe it was the one with that voiceover. Okay. And that was several years ago. That's the U.S. version? or um, U.S. theatrical, I believe, okay. is the one that I saw first. Yeah, U.S. theatrical. And it that voiceover, that narration, screams noir. Yeah, yeah. Film noir. So, I mean, it, it, it fits for that reason, but I don't. I, I haven't seen it recently enough to... Yeah, to so I had that same opinion. Like, I want to watch this cool sci-fi noir. You know, I think that would be awesome. And then I watched it... Reading some quotes, I don't know how much this affected me. Not much, though, because I really have a, a pretty solid opinion on the voiceover now, watching it. But uh, Harrison Ford even said that the narration was written by clowns. He fucking hated it. <laughs> so they, they dragged him kicking and screaming until they turned the mic off. <laughs> he couldn't stand it. So a lot of people say that he didn't even try. It just sounds like shit. Um, but with that, you know, I went back and watched the voiceover, and I like good voiceover, man. I like it in Sin City. I like it in Good Noir. I like it in Sunset Boulevard, you know? Um, but going back on this, listening to it, it was so exposition heavy. Like, you never hear Gaff talk about City Speak. You never hear anybody even talk yeah, about City Speak. You don't. But at the beginning, he goes, yeah, he comes up to me and he talks to me in his City Speak language, which is a combination of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's so exposition heavy. <laughs> it's kind of fun to get that little... I don't know, to dig a little bit deeper in that world and fill in some blanks, but I didn't need it, especially after watching the final cut. Um, I choose... Yeah, Gas doesn't do shit in that. I mean, it, uh, I choose to go without the voiceover. <clears throat> Happy ending. I was... I used to be... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I used to be the, the one who hated the idea of, of um, Deckard being a replicant. Now, really? if they can... If they can show me a good story, I'm open to it. I'm not a dick to it anymore. Oh, I'm, dude, I love I'm cool it. With it. I, I mean, do. That's however, the perfect way to, to re sorry, retire a replicant to use another. No, replicant, no, yeah, to I, think I like how it. they think. I can, I can go with it. Okay, I'm not stuck to it being ambiguous. However, I do like a lot of endings being ambiguous. Like hell, 2001. We just came off of that. That's a Pantheon movie. It's very ambiguous. You know, we can all read into a lot of things. Yeah. You know, um, so I do like. Uh, the, the ambiguous ending and the unicorn dream kind of takes that away, you know, a little bit. It does. But see, I, I, I mean, like that because it honestly, that's at the experience. end of the movie too. I mean, we're not talking like this happens halfway through, and you're watching it. Well, the unicorn dream is pretty much halfway through where he's at the piano. Yeah. Okay. True. But but that, that means Jack. It means Jack shit, shit that until point. the end. Until you know, what I mean, it's just like okay, he's just this guy who had an odd dream about a unicorn while he was playing the fucking piano. Maybe you guys you know? can shed some light on something yeah. for me, right? A unicorn is a mystical creature <laughs> with a horn on its head. <laughs> From the movie Legends. Gold. <laughs> <laughs> no, alright. So, as I'm watching it, uh, Tyrell makes comments to him about uh, embedding memories to provide the cushion for believability so yeah. that they don't know that they're replicants. I don't recall. Is that a feature just for the Nexus 6 model? Yes. How old is Deckard? How long has he been retiring Blade Runners? Has he actually been retiring? Uh... Or excuse me, not retiring, but retiring replicants. Has he actually been doing it that long, or are they just telling him that, and he has the memories of it? <clears throat> what? I yeah, mean, exactly. Because go he way. would have to be a Nexus Six model for that to work, right? Well, I, I just wanted Rachel. What is Rachel? She a Nexus Six because she doesn't even have a time. She, she would have to be. Yeah. I, so if she's a Nexus <clears throat> Six. I think it just depends on the program <clears throat> they do. It would be within four years, right? Well, everyone dies at the end of this day. within their four year span. Yeah. My, my except if I had to guess. Uh, just this is just a guess, mind you. But he's not going to make Rachel, is the who in, kind of envelops his niece. I don't think he would put a, a, a time span on her. You know, almost character. 
Edward James Olmos' character. What's his name? Gaff. 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 So he comes across through that whole movie as kind of like a handler. Which mm-hmm. yeah, he's just he, keeping an eye he on. Comes yeah. off, he's the one that comes off as a replicant to me. <laughs> no, I think he's just like I'm watching you, fuckers. Yeah, he, yeah. he comes across as a real badass, right? Like if Harrison but Ford flips or something. If, if, he, or, if he goes, he's going to be the one to take care of him. That seems very like uh, they have trust issues, and it could go either way. Yeah. So there's so much meat there to the idea oh. that Deckard could be a replicant within the universe. Yeah, yeah. So my own personal I, opinion I, I, of that is really uh, when those Nexus 6 replicants fucked up in space, right? They wiped out 23 people. The Tyrell Corporation said, oh, fuck, this is bad PR. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they came, and what possibly may even be, a, you know, we haven't heard of is the Nexus 7, which may come out in 2049, I don't know. Yeah. As something like, okay. It's almost sure. Let's, let's create something that will kill this. What's the next step here? They, yeah. You know, they wiped, literally, there was like six, and they wiped out 23 people. create a replicant. And plant memories, and they don't know it. Exactly, they're going to be the most efficient. Yeah, at what if, they do. if you guys or anyone who's listening is interested, there is actually com- at Comic Con this year they released a timeline from 2019 to 2049, so you know what you're getting into when you go to the movie. So there is a timeline of um, everything I'll have that, to check has, that has out. happened. Yeah, that's cool. You know? So, um, all right, guys, let's get into tonight's episode. Oh yeah, shit, um, we haven't started. <laughs> yeah, so um, I don't want this to I didn't want this to come off you know very Blade Runner heavy at the beginning. There's just a lot more to talk about for the different versions there, yeah, and I want yeah. everyone to have full understanding um, who's listening to this episode when we talk about happy ending when we talk about unicorn dream when we talk about um, voiceovers you know so there's a lot there that I want to discuss at the beginning so it's nowhere you know um, not by me anyway like there's no favoritism there it's just why I wanted to make sure that it was discussed and brought up at, at we've the, got so many opening. options if somebody wants to walk into a video store yeah. or get on Amazon or whatever like, oh hey I want to watch Blade Runner oh which of the five versions would you exactly. like to watch I think I've heard oh, that a lot, video you know? store tell me more <laughs> I've heard a lot of people ask me what version to watch, so we've decided to go with the final cut. Um, so the question tonight is, what is the best science fiction movie experience, Blade Runner or Akira? So let's get into tonight's Golden Idols. Let's start off with our first one, best location. So we're going to do best city location, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, so Neo Tokyo, right? Um, Old Tokyo or Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. 20, and both these take place in 2019. Where are you going? Uh, I went with Akira, Old Tokyo. Right on. Uh, that place has just seemed like such a no-go zone. It seems so fucked. They don't even bother to, to really demolish it. They don't. They just don't want to touch it. You know, there's almost a, also a supernatural feeling coming off of that place. Like, just like a ghost town that everybody wants to forget. And I, I just found the, the story of that fascinating. You know, it's also such a huge uh, piece of the past. Yeah. You know, there's a history to it. And, and nobody wants anything to do with this for any reason and I was just fascinated with the concept there's that wonderful scene where that wall comes down there's that big gaping hole and you're looking through (laughs) from New Tokyo's side with all that color Mm -hmm. until you see that broken wall and And there's old Tokyo and it's just darkness and Decay is yeah. beautiful. I love that shot when they're on the motorcycles and they pass the sign that says you're pretty much going into old Tokyo. Yeah, and they're like, fuck. Even the guy yeah. in the motorcycle games were like, oh, fuck this. Yeah. We don't want to go there. Well, in Neo Tokyo, you have people like they're eating at their nice establishments. You yeah. know, um, everything just looks a little bit brighter in this replacement capital. <laughs> and then they go into the seedy, the dark side, you know, which is so And what's wonderful so about that is they're essentially turning their backs to a truth. That could have saved mm-hmm. them, you know. Oh yeah. They they just want to forget, which makes them then walk down the same path of self destruction and you know that timeless mm-hmm. yeah. science fiction trope that's so wonderful. 
Old Tokyo and Neo Tokyo being right next to each other, pretending neither one exists, yeah. is, is wonderful. It's so cool. Yeah. So uh, where did you go, Josh? Uh, so I do not often give out fucking ties. <laughs> did you go tonight? I did not. Oh, oh you I was so close. <laughs> so close. It's hard. Joyce, Neo Tokyo. It? These is, were hard. Neo Tokyo is is awesome. Uh-huh. I, I I love the way that it looks. The aerial shots that they put in there. Um, just absolutely stunning, but I ended up going with L.A. Okay. And the reason that I went with L.A. is because I've seen a lot of science fiction in my time. I've seen a lot of sets that try and emulate the lived-in mm-hmm. look. Fucking Blade Runner looking down the street There's nothing the like corner. it, man. I know there was, that was Everything so is close so to. real, so realized, mm-hmm. so adapted from re- that retro technology. You get that retro futuristic look, and right? It's so believable. <clears throat> and the sounds that they put in the movie, mm-hmm. don't walk, don't walk, walk, and yeah. all that shit that you hear in the it's back. It's completely layered. It is so thick with life. L.A. just... I don't know. Ew. Again. <laughs> Do you notice the futuristic Atari symbols? Like, yeah. Real time? yeah. <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> Uh, some things I guess they missed the mark on, <laughs> but yeah, the, the that that version of uh, Future LA 2019 is absolutely it, glorious, it was fucking stunning beautiful. to look at. <clears throat> the aerial shots that they had as well. Um, the, 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 these, I mean, damn you for picking two movies that are so hard to compare. Yeah, I know, I know right? Yeah. But <laughs> praise where you've deserved it. Uh, these True. these two are so. So linked. You need to watch the work sh- uh, the, the uh, work print version of Blade Runner. Then uh, it gives I you a total. To watch them. All. It gives you a different view of the city at the very beginning. You know, you're kind of coming towards Tyrell Corporation. You're, it gives you a bird's eye view of it instead. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty fucking cool. <clears throat> See, th- th- those those aerial shots are, are among the most impressive. Even mm-hmm. my daughter was sitting next to me, and she really didn't know what I was watching at all. And when that came on, she's like, "Oh wow!" Like, yeah, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, guys. Um, I. Maybe have a tie per episode, if that. I try to stay away from them as well. I uh, I have four ties tonight. Shit. Because Damn, it's so fucking hard. <laughs> but I, I can see it. I can definitely yeah. see it. it. And the first tie tonight is for um, LA 2019 and Neo Tokyo 2019, combined with Old Tokyo. <laughs> uh, I, I, no, I, think, I think both of them together. It's one world for Basically me. the whole world. The whole Everything. fucking world. both movies. World. <laughs> no, but you said it, uh, man. There's... um. There's been other movies that try to get that look right. You know, mm-hmm. you look at uh, we just did a Dread episode this year. You know, yeah. Dread versus um, Raid. Dread tries not not as as hard as some other movies do. Ghost in the Shell live action tries to do yet. it. Total Recall the remake tries to do it as well. See, I'm no yet to one, see that one. <laughs> no one can make that their world look like Blade Runner. You know, even when they try. They got a, a tall challenge. Yeah. The, yeah. the opening of Blade Runner. Let me just start with Blade Runner. The opening of Blade Runner, it's this consistent um, overcast. It's smoggy. It's dirty, but advanced. You have the blimps in the skies. See, that's always, exactly how I see our future. It, it, it's convenient, <clears throat> yeah. but nobody's really fucking happy. Always promoting <laughs> the off-worlds or, or the off-world or products. Oh, yeah. Those, Those shots from the bottom floor <laughs> oh. through that building at that fucking... Uh, advertisement blend. Yeah, lead a new life of excitement Every time that happens, so like, uh, Then you have the, uh, but that opening shot where you see Tyrell Corporation, <coughs> you see the smokestacks with the music playing. It sounds it like is, you wanted to go L.A., sir. No, no, we'll check this like out. <laughs> but it's, so I think that Blade Runner through animation, I think it does, I think it does what Blade Runner does 
in animation. That is why I went with L.A. Because they, they did it for real. They they The right sets, the right matting, the right backgrounds. <clears throat> it just is so rich and alive. But you know what? I think, and I love them both. And that's one of the things that they said about Akira. Its scope is so great because they didn't well, need that's the budget thing. to do it live action. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think... I love Blade Runner. I love the location of L.A., but um, even Ryan watched it with me on Thursday, Wednesday night, and we were watching it, and he was like, his only complaint was he didn't get enough of Blade Runner because that shit's so expensive. You know, the matte, and he loved Blade Runner, but, you know, the the, uh, the matte paintings um, or the models, you were in that tight location, and then you would go inside of an interior shot because you can only do so much, you know, which yeah. it still looks amazing, but... There's there's a fucking budget we have to look at. We have to be realistic. In Akira, we are in every district. Yeah, you know, we're in old Tokyo. We're in we're in Neo Tokyo. We're in military military. We are in the uh, the stadium, um, the the opening race. Okay, like I think Akira is a little bit more dense. It's still dirty, but there's a colorful palette to it as well that I love. Which so is I, only further shown through that that portion of the wall that I was I'm mm-hmm. mentioning. It shows that Neo Tokyo is alive, yeah. and then the world beyond it is dead. Yeah, yeah I so. love both of these environments, both these locations. The dystopian <clears throat> future has never looked more alive, more dirty, more chaotic than in both of these movies, um, and no one else could replicate these two movies that I were done that I almost twenty fucking too. years ago, <laughs> yeah. thirty years ago. I love both these locations. My, my tie was—I was almost tied with uh, L.A. Old Tokyo. I, and I LA. honestly wanted to put my fucking. Uh, the movie, like, I just wanted to pl- plug in a controller and take a fucking the bike around Neo Tokyo <laughs> and just drive it around. It looked that fucking cool. So um, I went well, with a tie. They a few games when the movie came out. <laughs> so a uh, tie. If yeah, there's a Blade Runner PC game. <laughs> if you're unfamiliar with uh, with ties, it kind of it um, crosses each other out, so no one gets a point. At the end, if we have a tie for both movies, then we'll go back and calculate ties. Well, this award basically just canceled itself out. Exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. he and I went opposite ways and you bitched out. <laughs> pretty fucking accurate <laughs> interesting note <laughs> interesting note uh, 2019 Neo Tokyo depicts um, the stadium they're, they're building the stadium for the Olympics mm-hmm. right um, that's fun yeah. Yeah. pretty interesting note though is in 2020 Tokyo will Got be the heading the Olympics yeah, yeah which is kind of cool so I'm going to be holding a sign saying the end is near <laughs> release Akira release Akira <laughs> All right, that takes us to our second award, Best Vehicle. Honestly, this almost got the rubber chicken Spinner? Award. Oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, okay, you've got these beautiful worlds. I'll beat you with a rubber chicken. <laughs> okay, you've got these beautiful worlds, so much action and drama and everything going on. I'm, I'm with you. They have them, but they don't use them. Exactly. Oh, the bike is used from the beginning. Exactly. That's the only ridden. choice. I think it's ridden. I think you came up with this award just so you could give a fucking award to Kanita's bike. I love that fucking bike. And no, I didn't. <laughs> yes, yeah. you fucking did. Because I, I have another award for that. <laughs> no, he's right, though. Uh, I mean, Thank you. I was, I'm like, dude, I'm this like, bike gets right. damaged at the end of the movie. Let's it doesn't this. take any... I almost gave a rubber going. chicken just to piss you oh, off. Man. It keeps on going because it's not real. What's <laughs> Oh, no, it's, it's easy to draw a wobbly <laughs> wheel on a bike. It's fucking you amazing. Crushed by boulders. No, uh, nothing, nothing's done. So with it was spinner or bike? Name of bike. That. I gave it Kanita's bike. Fuck yeah, you did. <laughs> oh shit, shit's flying everywhere. <laughs> Got excited. All right, we're pausing. <laughs> shit's, shit's going crazy in here. 
Fucking dropping bows. Wayne's going versus. to Kira mode. <laughs> so, All right, I, I that think... was really the only choice other than rubber chicken was Kanita's bike. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the studio is secure. And where are you going? <laughs> well, first off, I want to... Uh, what do you guys think? Because I, I, we watched the uh, Japanese dubbed version with English subtitles, and they kept calling him Canada. Is that how? How do you pronounce? I, that? I actually listened to the English um, as well, so I could um, you know get his name right. And it's Canada. Uh, Canada. Canada. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Not his vehicle. I want <laughs> the spinners from from Blade Runner. Okay. Uh, and I. It's a fucking bike he stole, and then what? Did he mod it for himself? Yeah. Yeah. So cool. No, I, no one's crazy enough to even drive that thing at the beginning. Like uh, Tetsu yeah, was, Tetsu was fucking with it. <laughs> he's probably crazy enough. He's fucking with it, but he's like, "Hey, man," he's like, "It's it's modded for me." Because he's close with uh, yeah, yeah. But no one else is gonna get on Kaneda's <clears throat> bike. You know, everyone. See, the, the guy behind him says, "Man, you're too crazy to be riding that thing." I did. I literally almost gave this the rubber chicken. I thought, but you know what? Fuck it. I'll play. So well. <laughs> the bike would have been an easy choice because of the iconic sliding scene. Well, it's right? the only thing that really been... does anything. It's the only thing that there's anything. But that, to it. and I'm I'm 100 with you right there. What the bike does is it adds to his character. What the spinners do. Remember that later. Are they added? To the <laughs> so we can get another fucking award. <laughs> the, the... Hey, what'd you say? It adds to his character. <laughs> But the spinners add to the world of Blade Runner. Every time that they're on screen, yeah. like, when Decker is sitting down on character. the, uh, <laughs> that's he's the only thing on you the give street. a fuck about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's clear where Brad's going with this. No, when uh, when Decker's sitting down on the street and that uh, the the police spinner comes down and hovers mm. and it says, "What are you doing?" And he says, "I'm working. What are you doing? Arresting you." I mean that that scene is awesome because yeah. it looks fucking good. Yeah, every that's time my that first. Show I think it's my. Well, it's not my first favorite, but it's. It's the first time I look at Blade Runner and I'm just like in awe. Like the beginning of what cool. they did in 1982. Yeah, yeah. Like the, yeah. I don't get me wrong. I love oh, the be- no. I love the beginning. Thin we budget. Budget. Yeah. I love the beginning. <laughs> we see the smokestacks stuff. That's fantastic. And him sitting down and eating like uh, Chinese food. But when you see that spinner and it lifts up into the sky, I absolutely love that shot. I've watched. I watched this four good. times. I, I love it the shot great. where uh, uh, he's first going to uh, Tyrell Corporation. Yeah. And before he lands on top of it, I mean, you kind of see the inside of it more. Yeah. And there's just so many controls, yeah, but they didn't really go anywhere with it. No. I love the spinner. I think the spinner's is because cool. That's because it's, it's, cool. it's a car. We're not here to learn about this amazing car any more than we learned about this amazing bike. He said, <laughs> it does this, it does this, mm-hmm, it's all special and stuff, but then he rides it. Uh-huh. That's it. The whole fucking movie, you just see him ride it. He doesn't kick out any fucking rocket launchers or some cloaking thing. It's just a cool fucking bike oh, that he's so cool. really proud of. <laughs> oh, obviously the spinner adds... Well, what does Mad, Mike, Mad Max's uh, car do? Like, like Mad Max, his, his uh, interceptor gets destroyed every movie like halfway. Within like ten, not, not even half very, into it. Very man. road, it gets fucking you know, tore up right in the oh, beginning of the movie. Everybody God loves damn. the Interceptor, but even in Road Warrior... That's a fair point. Yeah. It is just a cool fucking car. Yeah, and I'm cool with that. <clears throat> it's just a cool <laughs> car. The Spinner, though, is a cool car. It is an awesome design. It looks great on screen. They manipulate it within the environment. <clears throat> Lifting it up, they've got the uh, the air pressure stuff coming out the bottom. It's got, I mean, rocket boosters or whatever. The f- I think it, what I read was it's powered by three different propulsion systems or something like that. Um, all of that's depicted on screen really well, beautifully, and it adds to the depth in the background of the world, which I thought added a lot fucking more than that bike did. Okay. That's just me. Okay, yeah, uh, you guys know where I'm going. I love, <laughs> I love Canada's bike, man. Um, ever since I was a kid, when I first watched this movie, I've been in love with this bike. Um, 
Dude, just the light. Well, now you got to give it an award. Well, just the just the light trails Again. behind all the <laughs> yep. bikes at the beginning of this movie have so much color. Um, I, I love that, that chase scene at yeah, the beginning. I love yeah. the opening of this movie, but it's so cool. It's on the poster. It's one of the most iconic posters of all time, in my opinion, where he's walking to the bike. If you type in Akira poster, I love oh, that. Yeah, there we go. That, I that love is fucking Josh cool. is holding up the Akira um, Blu-ray, man, and it has the, the picture of the bike, and he's, he's walking to it. That is like one of the coolest images. If you type that in, you'll see that is that is fucking iconic. It is. You it see, is. if you type that in, okay, you will see Mad Max walking to his interceptor. You'll see Legos walking to like the bike. There's all there's all kinds of posters with different franchises set up like that. Marty McFly walking to his DeLorean in that shot. You know, I love that. Um, that that bike slide is so fucking cool. I love the bike slide. Um, it's it's just a cool character for this movie, and he uses it from the beginning. To the very fucking end. Like, this thing is indestructible. Like, he rides it through fucking hell and back. And it's still... It's like it's modded to him. I love this thing. I think it looks I would cool. argue he drove it on the road and then parked it in a really bad spot in the end and it got damaged. <clears throat> I love that quote, too, where he's like, my coil's just about to reach the green line. It's not going to get my favorite quote, but it's just kind of fun for that world. Like, I'm like, like, what's the green line? What's the fucking green line? Get to the <laughs> green line, motherfucker. <laughs> But it, I think it adds to his character, just like you said, Josh, so I'm going to use your words there um, later, too. You know <laughs> Whether you like it or not, Josh, they will be used against you. All right, so let's get into our third award, Replicants or Espers. What do you think oh, added to this world more? This this was a bitch for me. This I mean, I really had to think about it, but in the end, I did go with Replicants for Blade Runner. Um, you know, Espers, you, you've got psionics and all kinds of cool powers and stuff, but with Replicants... It was just the whole question of humanity that fascinated me. You know, like some of them don't even know that that's what they are. And, and the others that do know, they're, they're, they just want life. They want to know so much more. They want to become fully human in their own way. And I, I think they were just a, a more fascinating subject for me. Okay. You know, there's more in-depth, in more detail. And there, you could do so much more with them. Like I said, the Aspers were very, very cool. I, I loved what was going on there. But I, I, I had to go more with Replicants. Everything you just described is one of my favorite subgenres of science fiction, mm-hmm. and that is artificial intelligence, robotics, discovery <laughs> of the soul, realizing humanity, I think therefore I am. <clears throat> All of that is my absolute favorite stuff to, to review, to think about, to dwell on. Yeah. <clears throat> and Blade Runner has that in spades with the replicants. That's part of the reason why I love the movie so much. Really. But I went with Espers because... Oh, God damn it, Josh. I hate when he, I hate when he does that. I'm thinking, yeah, he's with me. Oh, and he just fucked me in the ass. No, I had to get it out. I really admire well, the replicants. But if we're, if we're talking about from the position that he launched from, which one adds more to the world? At the end of the day, the replicants are not my favorite version of that the replicants, question. replicants, you don't of... even have a, really a movie. Exactly. Um, but... But they're not my favorite version of that quandary of finding humanity within an artificial intelligence. Because, honestly, a lot of it feels like self-preservation and defense. But and it at is. the I think same right. time, uh, Roy is just kind of a fucking cold-blooded murderer. Yeah. Well, did, did, well, I mean, he's at, a psycho. I think he's just scared. You know, yeah, and, and he's flipped. You know when they're going into Hannibal's? To, to interrogate him um, about, like, Tyrell or how to get extra life or, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, Roy and Leon both look like they're about ready to go into a gay bar. Don't they? <laughs> <laughs> don't they? 
he's got the white frosted hair. He, he does. And then uh, fucking Leon has the mustache. <laughs> I don't know. He, just, he did kind of look like a Freddie Mercury, didn't he? <laughs> the, um, the look of um, the replicants, oh though. Like, I, we're never going to see the inside of them. Which I just uh, just a side note. Au contraire, sir. What's up? On uh, two occasions we see yeah, the inside. You do. Are they? Where? <laughs> when when Chris gets blown, Decker to shit. blows a hole in. We didn't, we didn't see inner, any inner me- like mechanics or anything. Well, no, I don't like, think there are. Do you think that's why I'm getting at? Are they no, all organic? If they were, they could just put them through an X-ray. Exactly. I think it's all flesh and blood and stuff. It's just genetics. It's true. The robotics part is in their DNA code. Yeah, they're. Somehow their programming is incorporated into the chromosomes, the, the, the biology of mm-hmm. what they've yeah. done, because which they makes say that they are so indistinguishable. They, 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 it, it's otherwise, you could just do an X-ray on. Them. Yeah, that's, that's, I didn't even think about that. You, you, could, I was you, know, you don't even have to do a hundred fucking questions. But X-ray. Oh, replicant. Retire. You know. Yeah, I didn't story. know if they were organic material or some kind of. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that they're 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 fully like mechanical grown, components, but. I don't think there are any mechanical components. At least I, I picture them being in one for of those instance, tubes the eye of water manufacturer. And, yeah, they're grown. I would I would assume they're grown. The eye manufacturer. I mean, he's working with flesh. flesh yeah, and, yeah. And and, and the, you know the materials that your eye is made out of. And that's why he's working in that cold environment. And plus, so I mean, material. they're making snakes. They're making uh, owls. They're making. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything's flesh and blood and. They say, yeah, somehow they've But just... it's all synthetic. Yes. And that's the word you want you want to use is synthetic. It's all, it's used yeah. a lot in a, a previous um, Ridley Scott film. Uh, I think Ash is a much better representation of the idea of a, a robot gone afoul, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think Ash actually does it better than almost all of them. However, Rudger Howard's character is Fucking psycho. phenomenal yeah. Yeah. In, in Blade Runner. I, he doesn't have... I don't think that, a, he, I don't think he embodies the this. human oh, yeah. side of what I love about that question, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as well as I've seen it done in, in other circumstances. But the espers from Akira, I mean, they do exactly what they set out to do. And, and, and they, they run the, the whole spectrum of what abuse of this, uh, I'm going to go ahead and call it a cosmic power. They're harnessing some level of energy from you know uh, the Big Bang, so to speak. Uh, yeah, pretty much, they, they've been government tested for decades too, these, which give these, them that old wizened look as well. You know, these children have been and experimented cynical, on. I mean. <laughs> and it, it's a fun question for me uh, when you look at the Espers. I mean, we get the flashback sequence in the end; they look like normal kids, right? Yeah. But now, in the future, after in being Neo-Toko, experimented Tokyo, on for decades, their their skins all they look like elderly yeah. children. Yeah. So. Are they aging? Are they just you know the, those questions? I think. Are really, well, can really you imagine the special the power drugs? Can you imagine them? the special drugs that they've been pumped? You know, oh, over the last twenty how years, many, how much of it has been pumped into? And them? that's yeah. just to control their powers yeah. to keep yeah. them from overtaking them. Let alone and, and the, the testing taught. drugs and shit. <laughs> Twenty-five is one of my favorite characters, probably in all of Akira, and that's because she's so wise you know you can't use your powers this way or they're going to take control of you mm-hmm. the espers run that gamut akira being the 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 one who doesn't have a line of dialogue in the whole fucking movie <laughs> is the one who understood it better than all of them and in from what i gathered he kind of ascended into that yeah. energy that a big, and created a big bang and, and, and did yeah. his yeah he became one with the universe so to speak and so you have this entire spectrum of Tetsuo being one end of it, where there is created no a whole other universe is kind of how I see it. Yeah, and, and, exactly. Uh, that's why I love the ending of Akira because it it, it does the same goddamn thing that two thousand one yeah. Space Odyssey did. It runs through a, a quick a quick version, yeah, <laughs> of the process of creation. 
and and Tetsuo kind of you, you get the impression that he's found that balance, that peace in his power that he's got. You not know, at first, <laughs> but not at first. At first, he was completely giving into it. It was controlling him, and then you've got the espers on screen <clears throat> that are the you know the middle ground and then you've got Akira who is fully ascended and, and 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 a part of that power there's so much more going on than what I got out of the replicants replicants are key to the world that, that we're watching in Blade Runner without them yes there's no fucking story <laughs> but the humanity and all that stuff that I love I thought was kind of paper thin in Blade Runner but with great character work. Great character work. So I, can I see went that. with Espers. Yeah. Um, I went with the Replicants as well, uh, Cousin Wayne. Um, like you said, I don't think there's much of a story to Blade Runner without that that investigating, that yeah. uh, that mystery that's going on, you know. I'm trying to hunt these 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 uh, these replicants down. I really like that. I like um I do love the Espers. You yeah. know, I comment yeah, right on there that, too. I comment on that a little bit. Um, Whatever, Brad. Stay on your side. I, 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 think, I think that the Espers, when I'm watching Akira, um, the more I've watched it, I've, I've come to enjoy it more. But I do think the Espers can come off a little distracting because um, I, I think the, the world's anchored pretty They're well. They're literally meant to. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah I, and that's why I've learned to, to like Tetsuo it a lot more. is losing control and they're trying to get him in check. Unable to do yeah. it. So. I think they come off a little creepy. Maybe it's their design or how they interact in the world. Um, again, with, with the more viewings. The pretty creepy. I'll give yeah. <laughs> with more, with, with yeah. more viewings, um, I've learned to, to really to love them as characters. But uh, the, the great opening scroll from uh, uh, the Blade Runner where it's like replicants are illegal. There's a bloody mutiny, um, off-world colony. And it goes into how... Uh, uh, I think at the beginning there too, they talk about their um, intelligence, doesn't it? Is that where it says in the, in the yeah. scroll where they're they're, it's all they're almost indistinguishable? Well, they're designed. They're as smart as the people who designed them. I forget if that's in the scroll, if that's or later. But I like that. No, it's because in the like yeah. is it in the scroll because yeah. you have um, Deckard who are hunting these people down, and they're very intelligent people. Okay, like I mean, these are from head programmers of oh, yeah, Tyrell. He, he beat Tyrell in chess. Exactly. <laughs> that that is amazing to me that you have these smart. Skin jobs, kind of walking around, yeah. you know that that uh, Deckard has to go up against. Um, I like the world that they've kind of created with um, animal replicants as well. Like they don't go into much of it's like, so probably, rich. There's probably yeah, no animals so left cool. on the earth. Yeah, because I mean, every time he walks into a room, he's like with the owl and with the snake. He's like, is 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 that real? And well, yeah, like, I, it's not, of course it's not real. We can't, can't afford, afford it. it. Yeah, yeah we can't <laughs> afford that. So you can just imagine how much a replicant animal would cost. You know, and it's cool that you don't see any other animals except for those two in this world, which are replicants as well. But um, them lacking empathy, um, the four year lifespan. Um, uh, and then I don't think they really lack empathy though. Yeah, because like when uh, he when Roy's talking to Pris. He's like, it's just the two of us left. You can hear the distraught in his voice. Well, I think they're starting to learn it, though. I think that's their problem. Once well, you a little get... fucking late. They got, like, what, less than two hours left to live? Yeah, well, because <laughs> I think that was the big fear. Once they get that, then they are more human than human. You know, that's that one quality <laughs> well, there was that's a keeping made them from. in the film that said that they're <clears throat> created without emotion. Yeah. But that the programmers speculated it was possible that they could develop it on their and own. And when you get that, in that test case, isn't going to work. In which case... It's time for retirement. Yeah. So the fell safe, the four-year lifespan. Um, I, I love how all that works um, within this movie. My, my guess, my only problem is with the replicants is I wish that say Roy, at the end of the movie, he comes off very philosophical, you know. And I almost mm -hmm. wish that was him 
kind of through the rest of the movie because he comes I, off push. straight sociopath from the beginning. And he's got which, mercy on Deckard too. I mean, he could have just he could have dropped him. He could have killed him, but he, you know, he knew he knew he was going to die. He chases him through the the, the apartment. And watching the final cut, I'm just thinking to myself, man, I wish there was some narration to explain that. <laughs> Why he's just <laughs> running around, which is kind of a, an odd scene. But um, I wish there was more because I love that quote at the end. I see. I think where he he's, he's about ready to die, and he's mm-hmm. talking about like tears in the rain. And I, I love that quote. I just wish that there was more intelligence because I think you're right it's not my favorite replicant of some other movies that I've watched and I think it's because of the missing pieces at the beginning but then I start to think about that I think he's absent for most of the film yeah but I think for I guess I started thinking about that I guess for a complete sociopath fucked up replicant you would have that killer that would talk philosophical at the end so actually after thinking about that I've liked that a little bit more see like I said I think he had mercy and I think he just wanted Deckard to feel fear uh huh. Because he even talks about fear. I'll, I'll get to that part later. But he's like, "That's what it's like to live." And I think just, I think he kind of knew. Quite an experience to live in fear, isn't it? That what that's what it is to be a slave. Well, thanks for reading that off, Josh. Guess what my fucking favorite quote is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think the I think the replicants are just a little bit more interesting, and I think they mm-hmm. um, champion this movie a little bit more. So I'm going replicants, and that takes us to our fourth award out of twenty tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Which is best character. 20, there's 19. Uh, no, there's 20. There's 20, sir. <laughs> we'll get there. You're just going to have to pick one. <laughs> All right, number four. Uh, best screen duo, uh, Deckard and Roy. Well, best best character. There's your missing link. Thanks. We're on best character. <laughs> so there you go. I have that on a completely different piece of paper. <laughs> that might be your missing one. It is. Okay, so where are you going for best character? Uh, best character? No, nope, we get to pick it. You fucked up. Yep. <laughs> no, I didn't. I've got it written down. It's just completely somewhere else. Uh, b- best character? Ah, uh, she's. I had to. Go, I had to go with uh, Roy. Okay. Why? Because of how much he learns. He starts off like we were just talking about. You know, as a sociopath, but no we, emotions. I think we were talking about how he was absent at the beginning of the movie. I think that's what we were talking about, wasn't it? How Roy is absent at the beginning of Blade. He's basically Earth. not in the film. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, but when he's there, <laughs> you know what? You go ahead. You give you guys give no, no, the best. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I didn't like. I didn't like this award. Princess Leia was my favorite fucking character. <laughs> <laughs> That's a I love this award, guys. <laughs> no, I didn't like this award because I actually struggled with it. I struggled to find a character I thought was deserving of just bringing something to the table. Uh-huh. Uh, and I originally had Rick Deckard written down. But I just crossed it out, and I went with Roy as well. Really? Because I agree with you. The few times that he's on screen are really powerful. I mean, <clears throat> if you look up his lines of dialogue for each one of the scenes that he's in, he has the best fucking lines in the movie, in my opinion. Uh, save one from Tyrell when he says, candle that burns twice as bright burns half as long, mm-hmm. and you've shown brightly or something like that. It's, it's, it's great stuff. Uh, so I ended up... I just changed it because based upon the few things we've said about Roy, I really do love his character. I think he probably has more progression than any other character in Blade Runner, in my opinion. And that's saying a lot because Rick Deckard, you know, it's supposed to be about him discovering his humanity and all this stuff. But he still goes and kills all the other fucking replicants. Who does? Rick Deckard. He only kills two. He kills well, two I guess, out of I guess he kills two out she of four. kills Leon. Yeah. Uh, but but he Roy still killed dies. Pris. He still killed Pris in the end. Yeah. And he would have killed Roy if Roy hadn't had the upper hand. 
I mean, we can probably agree on yeah, that. Yeah. If he had but a he was there. He was there to finish the job. Yeah. Rachel's the only one he gave a pass. The only one he uh, discovered his humanity with was the only one who hadn't, I guess, killed twenty people. So I mean, credit to him for uh, you know picking the good one. But I, I just felt like I learned more about Roy even in the few scenes that he was in than I did even with Deckard. Because when he shows up at the eye place, he's he's looking for information. And he says that line about, uh, oh, fuck, something about fire. I don't remember what it was off the top of my head. I'll look it up here in a second. Uh, and then the next scene, when they're they're talking to J.L. Sebastian, or J.F. Sebastian, or whatever his name was, um, his interactions with Pris are really great. And he's asking him the questions... Uh, about the chess game and you know trying to feel it out and he goes and he speaks to Tyrell every time that guy's on screen I fucking love watching him even though he is kind of a monster and cold-blooded sociopath right on so you're going Roy I think I am okay um in the anime marathon I also went with um Tetsuo uh from Akira um I love Tetsuo from the beginning of this movie to the end um, he's just a very interesting antagonist. He's He comes off weak and introverted. He's kind of always been overshadowed by uh, uh, Kanita um, since they were kids. You know, he's the one who's been kind of bossing him around, helping him. They have a friendship, but when you have Kanita who is kind of strong and brave, and you have him as weak and introverted, kind of like the runt of the group. Yeah. And it's that classic story that I love, especially being an 80s kid. It's the uh, the bullied kid who gets ultimate power. I mean, look at any of those movies um, that, that do that, like Teen Wolf, Christine, Carrie. What happens when you get that kind of power? What do you do with it? And it's all about what kind of... You take out your teenage angst, apparently. Exactly. Yeah. What... what <laughs> have you been through in your life um, with great power becomes you know great, great responsibility. responsibility and what does he do with it you know his his end goal here is to awaken Akira squabbles. Yeah. awaken Akira mm-hmm. and to take over the fucking world you know um, just from his his basic design there to his his um the way that he's drawn looks Damn it, Brad. His, the way that he's drawn <laughs> looks amazing his red cape he becomes uh, a kid of the 80s who instead of becoming superman becomes the evil fucking superman he becomes the dark phoenix of fucking Neo Tokyo grabs the red cape out of the fucking uh, the glass you know department store. Um, just everything about his bionic arm, the way that he looks, the way he mutates, and then he becomes I a fuck. And then he becomes into a fuck. <laughs> he triggers a big bang and becomes uh, that ambiguous uh, ending. Like this award. He becomes that ambiguous ending that we love so much. You know what? What does what does he do? What does his what does his what does his, <laughs> what does his alternate universe look like that he creates? You know, I think it's it's very fascinating. And then they start praising him. This 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 runt, this bully. They start praising him as a cura. It's fucking amazing. I love him as a. When we get the best villain. I'm picking you for picking these two fucking movies. I can't decide on anything. All right, do you want to change yours to Tetsuo? Yeah. You can't. It's a versus. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Every time I give an answer, it's the wrong fucking one. Hey, it's versus, baby. So you guys tell me. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know that I've ever changed the No, I'm sticking before. with Roy. I, I have once. Yeah, I've changed I, a couple times. I changed 2001 last time. because you're weak. <laughs> don't give me that Akira power, motherfucker. <laughs> I would just run. <laughs> I just changed twice in the span of five minutes, so fuck me. It's hard, dude. It yeah, really is. Tetsuo was a close No, you're call. right. <clears throat> you're right. Uh, Tetsuo actually has the most character progression in the whole thing because he goes from that, yeah. you know, sub-member of, of the, the capsules. Right? Yeah, yeah. To an ultimate to, power. To an ultimate, <laughs> to fucking dark Superman. To fucking ascend it and yeah. even beyond to yeah. ascension and uh, Most powerful person on the fucking planet. 
you know, and then not on the planet with an inferiority <laughs> inferiority complex. You know, a, a kid with that much angst. You know, <laughs> and and everything I said about Roy stands. I love that guy on screen. Rudger Hauer fucking nails it. But you're right, <clears throat> best character. I was going to say a few character. things about it, but it was the wrong fucking answer. I think it's best done there than in any other movie. Like, you talk about any of those, like Teen Wolf or... I don't know if I'm using yeah. Teen Wolf, right? But um, Carrie, Christine, anyone who gets that you power. You know, I think it's the best version of that out of all those movies that I watched as a kid. And I love that character arc as well. So um, that takes us to best screen duo. Where are you going? What's the right answer? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you after you fuck up. <laughs> I, I did go with uh, Decker and Roy. Yeah, Luke and Leia was awesome. <laughs> Watching family... F- anyway. <laughs> no, seriously, just when they were on the screen, they, there was just such a presence with the two of them together. Such two strong characters. I'm sorry, who was it? Uh, Deckard and Roy. Uh, especially there towards the end, when he, uh, he's pretty much got uh, Deckard up against the wall. You think, wow, he's just going to slice his throat. But uh, that, that talk that they have is just the most amazing... Just duo screen presence I think I've ever seen. You know, you start to realize that he's not going to kill him, Roy, for whatever, whether he's grown or he's just saying, fuck it, this is the end, whatever. He's calmed down. And I think you're seeing the true presence of both of those characters there in that moment. And just because just of that scene, I, I love the two of them together. Cool. Um, Shit. You know, hey, for a real quick runner up, too, I do like, um, for the small amount of screen time, I like Gaff. And Deckard on screen, too. That was cool. I think they're pretty cool together. He just has a presence. I mean, he hardly says he shit, but it's just like, there's something to that guy. You don't know what the fuck it is. That'll but... come up later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I just made that connection. Uh, <clears throat> Edward James almost. I mean, they, they, they talk about how uh, David Icke and the other guy that made Battlestar Galactica, uh, <clears throat> how they were inspired a lot by Blade Runner and they ended up landing Edward James Olmos as uh, their captain of the Battlestar Galactica. Just made that connection. Don't know why. Anyway, back to duo. <clears throat> so where are you going? Fuck, I've got like three rings. <laughs> it is hard, man. This, this, one, hardest, was a this rough one of the hardest verses I've I, ever done. I mean, I'm taking in everything you just said about Tetsuo, man, and I don't know how I can not give it to Tetsuo and Kaneda. Uh, uh, such that was in, good. Such an interesting dynamic, you know. Like I said, you have one that's brave, which 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 is, which is further, uh, you know, expounded upon in the end when he's in that other kind of realm yeah. and he's looking back at Tetsuo growing up yeah. and realizing how you fucking can't take that and have that not be the yeah. answer to this. I don't think uh, I had Roy and Pris down because that scene that yeah. I mentioned when they're in uh, uh, Sebastian's apartment. Yeah, I love the way that those two are playing off of each other, but it is ultimately minuscule compared to Tetsuo yeah. and Kaneda. And who who wants to take out the ultimate power? If anyone's going to do it, who's going to kill Tetsuo? It's going to be Kaneda. His best friend. He was like, I'm going to be the one who fucking does this. No one else is going to do it. I'm going to take it. And it shows him. because he's sitting there like fucking expanding into this flesh monster and he still drives that shitty ass bike up. <laughs> and shoots him with that gun. You know, uh, he wasn't going the other way. He wasn't getting away from it. That's his friend. Even yeah. down, down to the to the very last. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up going with uh, just now Tetsu and Kaneda. Yeah, that's that's mine too. It's one of my favorite duos since I've been doing verses. Um, their relationship again. You know, weak and introverted. You have brave and independent. Um, and I just, like Deckard and Rachel too. 
I think, yeah, so do I. Yeah, that was a good romance story, too, yeah, involved was, in all that. Uh, you know, other than the whole shove her up against the window. Oh, God, yeah. I know. Grab her by the hand. <laughs> I'm like, what? The, how far is this going to fuck? I remember the first time watching it, I just felt like that was so out of character for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, okay, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I love the story of the two childhood friends, though. Um, Runner-up for me would be um, Kaneda and his bike. <laughs> I you fucking fuck love ass. that dude it's on the cover of the fucking bl- show me that blu-ray cover again <laughs> call that a fuck ass an empty, an empty road man. <laughs> turn that around dude D- the, the fucking <laughs> tent uh, Canada dude with the fucking I love the jacket with the pill going up to his bike it's just all that together yeah, it's all of that it's a it's cool so picture cool. it is a cool picture thank man. you you're welcome <laughs> God damn. You have influenced two of my awards. Did sir. you want to change any of yours for a versus? Because you will be graded on this in, in what the fuck? by other listeners. Huh. It's just up to you. I, I'm, I'm keeping it. I'm All right. If I, if I really. like All you guys' answers have been different from mine. I, I, we're so close. You don't, you don't feel it. Feel you don't feel the change. Not yet. Okay. But I'll let All you right. know. Uh, best villain. Who are we going with? <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> uh, I went with Blade Runner. Vader. <laughs> I went with Darth Vader. Okay. I went with Khan. No, um, <laughs> uh, Roy, Blade Runner. Like, he's just such a fucking sociopath. Like Every time he was on the screen, as little as he was, <laughs> somebody was going to fucking die. You know, or he was going to just... Something psychotic was going to come out of this guy. Tell me again about that humanity. Well, that's part of humanity. <laughs> and, and he didn't really realize that until the end. You know what I mean? I don't think he became part of that until the end. Because I mean, he, he did save him in the end, um, which I still struggle to understand what his motivations were because he had just rubbed Pris's blood on his I know. Face. It's really weird. His uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he just there. had an emotional snap. I mean, he was probably feeling and learning so much. And maybe much that's the key. In a short amount of time. That he just he learned know. how to feel in that moment. I heard maybe. someone say that um, Deckard, when he pulls him up, he spits in his face. Did you guys notice that at all? I, I, no, actually, I, watched, I didn't. I watched all the versions, and I didn't notice that at all. I, saw, uh, I also read an interesting uh, thing when, uh, when Roy meets Tyrell for the first time, and he says, Father. Some people thought he said, Fucker. Yeah, I guess. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I, that. I read that too. Yeah, father makes way more sense. Fucker, <laughs> let's play some chess, fucker. <laughs> How's it going, fucker? I want some more life, fucker. No, I just no. And that's an awesome moment when uh, Tyrell's yeah. playing chess, and he knows he's not playing Sebastian. He's yeah. playing. His Why don't creation. you come in and let's talk about this? Uh, yeah, there's some milk and cookies. So great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you guys feel sorry for Sebastian? Yeah, because he just oh, seemed yeah. like such a great he's a guy. Nice he's so guy. Just great. He's, yeah. oh, you replicants are so cool. Yeah, I'll take you to Tyrell. <laughs> oh, God. He just <laughs> he tore just, his skull apart. <laughs> he just goes running off into and the then, apartment. You don't know then, where the fuck he went. And then Roy fucking kills him. Yeah. yeah well, you, what, what do you think he did to him? Did he rip his fucking eyes out, too? Did you give him a quick death? I, hope, I, I, I would like to think that Roy gave Sebastian I do, too, because Sebastian seems like such, just such a sweet guy. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I hope he gave him a quick death, but I'm... I'm sure he didn't. <laughs> you saw him fucking gouge out Tyrell's yeah. eyes. And that's right? a man that you could tell that, you know, he, well, he told he gave him the wrong answer. I can't, give, I can't give you any extra life. <laughs> well, well, one up shit. for you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, where'd you go? <sighs> Fuck. I had Roy written down, but I'm pretty sure I'm going with Tetsuo. Fuck yeah, I dude. think it's going to be an Akira sweep on the character arc. Yeah, it's, it's fucking AKA Evil Superman, is what I call it. Dark Phoenix, man. It's just this kid with ultimate fucking. <clears throat> Power, I man. feel bad because I'm not giving 
Roy's character the credit that I feel like it deserves. But. Well, just look at him, though. I mean, he I'll becomes, be his fucking martyr. <laughs> he becomes a psychic, murderous asshole by the end. And the scenes that they set up... Everybody in that movie was an asshole. <laughs> but not the dude. But no, he still had compassion, though. And it's important that... Uh, He's yeah. just raw yeah. and what's, emotional, what's man. Uh, fuck. His girlfriend starts with a K. Oh, yeah. I forget her name. Uh, Kaori. That's okay. It. Um, he he still had it's still there. Although he was kind of a dick to her like yeah. the whole movie too. Well, that end when it when it engulfs him and he's mutated, he's like asking for, for Kaneda's help. help. He's like, help me! Like there's still that little bit of good in him, you know? Well, that little bit of Tetsuo from when he was a young child yeah. petitioning for Kaneda's help. Yeah. Uh, because I mean that that playground scene yeah. where they show him with a bloody nose he got back whatever it was that they took and said those guys are weak yeah. you know that was their relationship that was the truth of their relationship and Tetsuo allowed himself to believe he'd become something greater because of these powers when really he had a weakness in his mind that Kaneda still had the strength yeah. over him. He's had that weakness since know? childhood yeah. and he could never he and could he, never he saw escape a way it. to not have to feel it anymore yeah. when he got these abilities and it's very, it's very for, um, for unfortunate, safe. man. It's very tragic. He's a very tragic antagonist, man. I just, I, I love him. Uh, but look at, look at some of the the scenes when you're just talking about villain. Like it even starts off a little bit at the beginning. You see his colors. Like it didn't get my best kill. It's a runner up. But when he has that crowbar in his hand and he comes in with a bike, Tetsuo does, and he just fucking takes that uh, crowbar and just fucking knocks off one of the, the clowns' heads. Such a cool kill scene there. Cool. But then you have uh, the scenes when he, when he starts to mutate. Um, when he starts to really experience some of his powers and you have Tetsuo, Tetsuo versus Kaneda and they're fighting and then that, that laser comes down. One of my favorite images, it was when he flies into fucking space and he just gets onto the side of that satellite and fucking takes it out. I'm like, that is some cool power, man. And then he comes down, his arm gets cut off, and he kind of has that bionic arm that's made out of all the fucking junk. That's awesome. And then when, and he, when goes, he sits down in that chair and the circuitry wraps around so that It's so chair, cool. Yeah. My, one of my favorite scenes is when he's walking down the street and the tank's like, we can't take him out, he's just a kid, right? And then they, they shoot that missile and he's just fucking staring down that missile and it just explodes, takes that... that cloth makes it into a cape and just starts going over that bridge into the stadium it's just so much power i feel like i am putty sitting in this seat i am so unsure about every <laughs> fucking answer i have picked for this, I, this verse. I, I feel like a blue they're dog so, <laughs> they're so close because then the, the, the replicants i wish i had more of them because i do like the replicants um the replicants got my award for um, replicants versus espers, you know? But when I have to look at it, it's like they, they're they just murderous assholes, but then they're kind of come off as scared children, just in general. Yeah. You know, which is which is cool. And I like their sociopathic arc in general, but I think when you're talking about villain, I have to go with Dark Phoenix, man. I have to go with AKA fucking bad Superman, dude. It's awesome. I love it. I eat it up. Um, that takes us to... Best hero or protagonist? Hey, you guys like this one. I went with Akira. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <coughs> Akira was in it for like 30 seconds, Wayne. Let me cough, goddammit. Kid Kanita. <laughs> okay, well, why? Just because. No, <laughs> no just uh, Seriously, because he just took so much shit. Uh-huh. You know, and even when uh, he knew there was a good chance he wasn't going to be able to save his friend, and... 
probably going to die in the process. He kept going. Yeah, he's the one that wants to bring him down. Exactly. He's you know the odds are just fucking horrible. And then I mean, he doesn't show because he's got that rough, tough kid attitude. You can tell he's a little scared, but you know he does it anyway. He goes and tries to. Yeah. You know, you got, it's almost like he doesn't even really give a fuck about Tokyo. He just wants to save his friend one way or the other, either bring him back or to put him down. You know, and that's that would have to be really rough. I mean, yeah. this is your best friend. You know, someone you think of as a little brother, like you said, that's kind of the weaker. That's a lot of character progression. It is. And he just, he goes and he does it anyway. Not to me what yeah. a true hero is. Scared, not too sure what's going on, but you have this conviction to do what is right, even if it costs your own life yeah. or your best friend's life, and that's what he does. And I think he has a heart of gold, too. Like, you look, you focus in like yeah. we just were, and it's all about, you know, Kaneda and Tetsuo, but you zoom out a little bit, and I honestly think that he cares as a leader yeah. for his gang. Like oh, I he think wouldn't have gone he, to the trouble for all that shit if he didn't. Yeah, I, I mean, think it, he would go out of his way for his for his for his members and of I think his gang. That connection is even stronger with Tetsuo because of how they grew up. Yeah, yeah. and the, 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 the you know quote unquote little brother factor. I right. think yeah. adds into it a lot. Well, I think he saw he saw a weakness in Tetsuo, <clears throat> um, uh, the shortcoming. He he felt like he could kind of fill that for him and yeah. be his strength in that way. And, and I think he did that, the you know through their entire. Uh, growing up, and Tetsuo knew it, which is why he said, "You don't need to come rescue me anymore." And you know, all yeah. those, mm-hmm. those those little comments that he made about, "I am, I've got it's this that inferiority now. complex, yeah, yeah. You know, seeping through, <clears throat> not realizing that was that's that's a support structure." Yeah, he he saw it as a weakness in himself rather than and he was embarrassed about it. Yeah. It's that that best duo; they need each other. You know, I actually think that Kaneda needs him. I think he needs someone to father. You know, and kind of look after. You know, I, I just, yeah, I love it. That's who I went with as well. Is that who you went with? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> mostly because I think it's important to be able to select a hero who embodies everything that we just said and can still get away with calling a girl he's just met a cold bitch. Yeah. Preach I think, I think that... <laughs> it. <laughs> One of the other reasons he, we probably went after Canada was to get some asses. <laughs> hey, lady, watch this. <laughs> Look what I can do on my bike. <laughs> on my awesome bike. I don't know. Deckard... Uh... <laughs> really made some moves there. Yeah, that was that was a little yeah, scary. Well, man. Let's, let's, let's yeah, I need a fucking bike. I have a feeling we're all going to be talking about that in, a, in, a, in another award later on tonight. So let's save that. <laughs> that takes us to best kill or death. Oh god! And the award goes to. <laughs> I went uh, with Blade Runner uh, when Deckard hunts down Zora. You know she is scared. She's a replicant, but that she's is still a scared. Beautiful scene. Exactly, and the way it is shot. You know. Uh, through the comes storefront, a, yes, the winter wonderland, and look. all the window panes, and, oh and everything goes God. in slow mo. You see her, you know, chest explode, and her start to stumble. I mean, it's such a slow progress that for a minute there, even though she helped wipe out twenty three people off world, and God knows how many people she would have killed, you know, until her lifespan was up, you start to feel sorry for her. I mean, you can just see that she killed out of fear, and she's I don't even think more she scared. Killed now. anybody else? I don't know. I, I think if Roy. Had said something, be like, we need yeah. to do that. I think she would have went with. I can't predict these fuckers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One yeah. day now, on her own. I think you're right. I that's don't what think I'm she would have that right there. That comment you just made. Uh, that's the depth that I think that's missing uh, from Blade Runner. That really sends the replicants I over the edge for me. <clears throat> there's there's not much definition on what they're becoming. Yeah. Well, my favorite, my the closest favorite. we get is uh, Roy on the roof in the yeah. end. His last fucking comment. Yeah. 
That's well, because my to favorite um, replicant or android, whatever you want to call them, is in you know Alien, and it's Ash as well. You yeah. know, I love Ash, man. He comes off like man, you don't know, like, but there's some depth to him. You know, like he's very intelligent, but when he turns, man, I don't know. There's there's it's layers. Quick. There's layers. <laughs> calling him a replicant. You know what? What is he's a, he's a what? Um, he's an android. I was afraid yeah, you he's were trying android. to give credence to that fan theory. <laughs> I want that fan theory. You know, I think the best thing for Alien moving forward is to connect to Blade Runner. I think that would be fucking. Fuck awesome. that shit. <laughs> Both Ridley Scott joints. I just say it. I think it'll be badass. Um, best kill. Where did you go? Are we on best kill already? Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, that's right, because you picked, uh, Zora. No, I went with, uh, Akira. I fucking love the imagery of when Tetsuo walks out of his room for the first time. And it's a long shot down that hallway. The security guards, you can't be out of your room. Oh, yeah. And the, the, the lights dim, mm. and you feel the walls expand. I mean, there's so much pressure in that yeah. moment. And the way they animate it, you <clears throat> fucking feel it. And those guys all just splatter. Yeah. And then the next shot yeah, is kind of a, <laughs> the next shot is kind of that floor shot looking up at Tetsuo, and there's a fucking arm dangling on the ceiling. That was an awesome I mean, scene. Just, I just felt so impersonal, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I love that. I mean, there were a lot of kills yeah. that could have been considered uh that one had the most powerful imagery color physical just like i said a pressure in that moment i felt him do it you know and he kind of had that superman motion that you were talking about and he's he's tired after he does it i I, best kill you know what you know what sets the tone for that scene though (laughs) what it's the first kill in akira and it's when takashi's rescuer Gets gunned down in the fucking streets. Oh shit! That, that is that's so goddamn brutal, man. They just open up on him, and his body is just bullet riddled. You know, and after it's bullet riddled, they fucking do it again. <laughs> do you remember that scene? <laughs> I do now. Yeah. They just unload on that fucking guy at the beginning that was of the good. movie. It's so violent, and he's fucking holding his own against it too. The whole yeah. time it's happening, you know, he's kind of in position. You see the blood flying. Yeah. out I would of love the to back. read a little bit about that guy's journey. I don't know if the manga gets into that a little bit more, but he's 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 walking with uh, Takashi. The dogs jump up. He kills the dogs. He's being hunted down through the city streets. You know, and it looks like a, a, a more. Uh, I don't know, like more robust district, you know? Um, and then they just bring all kinds of hell down upon him. It is vicious. It's, it perfectly sets the tone. It's completely horrific. And you know, I love a movie that sets up its rules <coughs> at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, I know what I'm getting into. Kind of like what we did tonight about, you know, fucking robots and masturbating. Masturbating kids. Halfway through, we see a giant fucking teddy bear made yeah, out yeah. of toys. I mean, it sets the tone. Like, you know, this is a violent movie. Yeah. You know? Oh, okay, well, yeah. yeah exactly. And then um, I have to give the runner up to Tetsuo, the, the crowbar, a clown kill on the motorcycle. I thought that was My cool. runner up was when Roy kills Tyrell. That, that is a, you can't go wrong with that one. <clears throat> That's a good one. Yeah. Um, that takes us to our, <laughs> what the fuck? All right, I think I have a feeling we're all going to have the main one. Any, um, runner-ups? Uh, runner-up, uh, <laughs> Deckard's fake voice when he's talking to Zora at the strip bar. Has anybody tried to, it just felt <laughs> so weird hearing him, hearing him talk like that. I'm like, this is Han Solo. This is Indiana yeah. Jones. And he's, you know, talking like he one of those Canadian people from South dramatic role. <laughs> my bad, my bad. I didn't see it. <laughs> How about you? Any runner-ups? Uh, yeah. I, I think we're going to go with the same. Yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely a runner-up is reading that up for the role of Deckard was Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Really? I didn't hear yeah. that one. Yeah. Huh. Arnold Schwarzenegger and there were a couple other names on there, but 
<laughs> just sitting there thinking about Decker. Get with to the Arnie. spinner. <laughs> <laughs> I want a shirt that says get to the spinner. Oh, spin oh shit, that's great. <laughs> um, and then my other, my other, my other runner-up would be Leon in the very beginning of the movie. <laughs> that fucking Blade Runner. That gun. Let me tell you about how Blade. that was. That was at the beginning. Fuck, yeah. Fucking shot that guy. And he flew right to the wall, wall and then through the wall. But, but, so he looks like and a shotgun. And he got a little it, fucking nine millimeter. I know. Yeah, yeah, just a little handgun. I showed Ryan that. I go look at this dude. Tell me, you know, look at this shot. He fires it, and it looks like a like a be like a double barreled shotgun underneath the table. And then he stands up, and it's this little fucking piece. <laughs> it reminded yeah. me of the noisy cricket from Men in Black. Yeah, <laughs> he just straight up. Gun. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of a what the fuck moment for me when I saw that. I was like, maybe I don't understand the weaponry in this universe. And I think I've got a different answer, honestly, on the what the fuck oh, okay, what you guys okay. have got. I um I want to throw two quick ones. It's it's really just kind of world building stuff. That was kind of like what the fuck, <laughs> nothing huge, but it was um I guess they wanted to put a a hat. On Harrison Ford, yeah. and uh, to give it that film noir. noir look, and I'm glad they didn't. I yeah, think that would have been, with it, especially yeah. with when I think a hat. You know, with him, I think Indiana Jones, Jones exactly. And just going from that to Blade Runner, like I get. If you say film noir, give him a fucking hat. And right? the rain was so important in the movie. He has. You know, wet hair. Yeah, a lot but of yeah, time. I like his look yes. though. I like his hair. I just like it. the haircut's very short. It looks. I don't know. I like the way he looks. I would not like to see him with a hat on. Um, another one I had was, uh, I guess, in the final confrontation between Deckard and Roy. Um, originally, instead of the kind of run through the apartment chasing Deckard, which. It, I don't know. It's grown on me because it's. I so, fucking love. Yeah, it's grown it. on me because it. it's so different. When he's hanging out the window, when Roy's hanging out the window. Yeah. And he just kind of has that smile on his face, and then oh, he yeah. jets back through the he's window. He's just howling through he, the apartment. He is he's just toying fucking with lost him. It. Oh yeah, he's just toying with so yeah, good. I love it now. I remember when I first watched it as a as a younger dude. I was like, well, this is kind of weird because I wanted something like what they were gonna give me, but now as an adult, loving that that final third act, I couldn't see them doing this. But you know what they wanted to do? Huh. They wanted uh, Deckard and Roy to fight in an old gym on like the. Outside of town, really? and it was going to be this big martial arts showdown. Oh I'm like, no, no, no! Yeah, no. that's what the twelve year old me wants. You know, yeah. <laughs> now that I'm, you know, uh, I, I, I just digest all these films like I do. I was like, man, pompous, I, yeah, pretentious. Now that I'm a pompous mature. asshole, <laughs> I love the Dick thing Dick like two thousand and one <laughs> because it's different. I love the ending now because it's different. This third act. Yeah. Any runner ups? Uh, okay, well, give oh, me your because you. Yeah, I don't have any more. Okay, so I give me your main some, uh, My main one honestly came from Akira. The one thing I, I couldn't get past seemed like every character was so pissed off. Really? No matter what, they, I mean, maybe it's just me, but no matter what they were talking about, they seemed almost angry. Um, you know, I talking know about the the Japanese voice. Yeah, uh, even even in uh, uh, English dub because I watched both versions, they still sounded so pissed. Okay. I can just imagine these guys sitting down and eating. I mean, pass me the sauce! Okay! You know, I mean, it just was like, whoa. Is it just the, the culture that these things come from? Or is it just, maybe they're just, you know, this is a shitty world they live in and they're always pissed? I, I really couldn't get past that. Well, they are angsty teenagers. Yeah, but 24-7? I mean, <laughs> it just seems like they're always... Ugh. Well, Tetsuo's obviously holding on to some shit. Well, yeah, but what's everybody... <laughs> All right, he's excused, but <laughs> what the fuck's everybody else's problem? It just, I, I could not get past that. And that's my what the fuck. <laughs> okay, what's yours? Yeah, I'm gonna end up going with uh, that that apartment scene. Obviously <laughs> yeah, that was. Some can you can you explain well. that apartment scene? <clears throat> I yeah. Let me, it will, yeah, I'll so. let you explain it, but I have it titled. I have the same one as you do. I titled it "Deckard wants sex and he wants it now." <laughs> <laughs> no, or, kiss me. <laughs> or I also have it titled "Sex Hostage." <laughs> 
It's almost, honestly, I don't know, maybe the only thing I can think of, and it's not an excuse for his behavior whatsoever, but it's like, she's a replicant. I'm going to make this bitch my whore. <laughs> you know, that's all I can think well, of. Well, that's the problem, is the scene gives that impression, that he realizes that she is pliable, uh, and that he's, he's basically, he fuck, she tries, Rachel tries to leave, yeah, yeah. and he slams the door. It originally, like when that happens, I was like, "Oh, he, he's gonna make her open up." He's gonna, he looks well, he more ways than one. <laughs> he looks angry too. Yeah, yeah I man, I was yeah. just like, "Shit!" It it's made all, me uncomfortable, man. I don't know what the hell it was all about. It's Harrison but Ford. You know? Slams the door. Rapes well, he was a pedophile in fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> and Simple slams the door. <laughs> Children, you saw. Throws her up against the window. Hey, short right. round. Watch this. <laughs> sorry. I don't know what's happening over here. <laughs> no, because sorry, I had, I had talking to, about Harrison Ford being a fucking pervert. Because he says he had sex with Marion years and years and years ago, and the age difference just doesn't add up. Yeah. Okay. And, and Raiders of the Lost Ark, which made Kim's a lot older than fucking Marion, and then in Temple of Doom, I was a he, child. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> everyone has separate rooms except for Indiana Jones and the short round. round. <laughs> they sleep in the same fucking room, and he's gonna bring Willie in. <laughs> Okay, side note. Anyway. Uh, Blade Runner, what the fuck? Uh, I can't watch Harrison Ford anymore. Creepy fucker. So, uh, no, what what we're talking about uh, is um, Harrison Ford slams the door, obviously keeps her in the apartment, shoves her up against the window. Not in a, like, no, we're going to talk about this, but in a bitch get over there type of fashion. Yeah. And then he rushes in... And fucking starts telling her what to do. Yeah, kiss. Like some really masochistic shit. He orders her to say. <laughs> Grabs her hair, even, when he kisses her. Like, he's fucking in control. It's a control thing. Orders her to do it. it he was orders really her to say, weird. kiss me. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. That was just so uncomfortable <laughs> for me to watch. Which honestly <laughs> robs... The idea of these, 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 this burgeoning humanity in these replicants. That, that one thing I want to latch on to in Blade Runner, which I don't really get from the other group because they're so fucking homicidal. <clears throat> I was getting from Rachel, and then he <clears throat> destroys it. You know, <laughs> he rips By it. her basically fu- making her say, I'm not in charge. You're my boss yeah. because I'm inferior. I am less than you because yeah. I am not human. That was what I got from that moment. Yeah, yeah. I did not want to fucking get that from that moment. I just think it progressed kind of weird. Yeah. Can I? Can I? I'm going the same one, but I want to add just a piece to it. Uh oh. <laughs> out of the four that just he, the tip. Out of, out of the four replicants. <laughs> out, of, out of the four replicants. This is going. After the four replicants, out of the, out of the four, the two that he kills We're are chips. women. <laughs> <laughs> He only kills replicant women. <laughs> just, I don't know. I'm just got some sociopathic shit. I'm gonna just put it out there. <laughs> you ruined Blade Runner. <laughs> it's true. He only kills what uh, Zora, Zora, and Pris. Yeah, that's the only two. And he, and he fucking manhandles Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> he hates women. <laughs> he only likes little Chinese boys. We'll call, it a, we'll call it a flaw in his programming. Oh yeah, right. That's a fucking flaw. <laughs> oh, that was a that was a riot. God, that is bad. That is <laughs> just bad. Fucking Decker, call him Dickard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dicker. Dicker. Hey, Dicker. Hey, Dicker. Hey, Dicker. Lieutenant Dicker. Dickass. All right, so this takes us to best score or soundtrack. Uh, this was the only easy one for me, and me I went too. with Blade Runner. 
I tied it. I fucking really, really? I wow. I couldn't fucking decide. Um, I've, I've got the soundtrack. Vangelis is uh, the composers yep. of this, and yep. they've done some amazing fucking work. I actually have my eye on a T-shirt that just says Vangelis. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. So you All went. Right, so here it is. You went with a tie. I went with a tie. Okay. Uh, oh man. Because I think that both of these scores. Fair enough, though. Both of these scores really well embody their world. The noir touch, the electronic element mixed with the sax and, you know, the the sweeping chimes yeah. and stuff like that. Just grab the fucking noir effect of, of the movie and, and it, full effect. But when you listen to Kanita's theme, that, that's, when you listen yeah. to the, that Akira ah, thing, yeah. it's so good. And it's actually, in a lot of ways, more memorable. I know that <clears throat> yeah, Blade okay. Runner set the fucking tone for that movie yeah. that made it work. But... Akira had more pop, more presence, yeah. and more <laughs> character in a lot of ways. I couldn't decide between the two of them, and I, uh, oh, I, I, no, that's, I did. I, I did thought the, Akira was. I did the brass decent. thing, and yeah, I it wasn't tied bad. It. Yeah, yeah. But I, uh, Blade Runner just stood out so much more for me. Yeah, it's interesting what you just said. I went with Vangelis as well. Blade Runner. Um, you look at the main title theme for Blade Runner. You go Rachel Song, Blade Runner Blues, the end mm-hmm. titles. All of that. I think it's just a little bit more consistent. Then Akira, if I can only pick one score or one piece of music, I would go with uh, Kaneda's theme. I love yeah, I love cool. Kaneda's yeah. theme, yeah. Uh, but there's only like two or three. But I, I looked at the whole yeah. thing. If I was just looking at one song or yeah. one particular piece of music, I, I would have went with that. Because there's two but, or three that I really oh, enjoy. Man, all those drums that yeah. are yeah, there. Yeah, it was good. Kids. It was so all dramatic. It got stuff. you ready. And... It's really good mm-hmm. for the action yeah. pieces. It's so it's complimentary. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. No, I love it. I can. I yeah. can. I can. I agree with your tie. I think it's a perfect uh, award. It is good. For me, though, I, just, I like like Akira's. Kanita's theme or the trippy doll theme was really cool or the mutation theme I thought was really interesting but the consistency of Blade Runner from beginning to end I just I wanted to word consistency over you, one. you're using the word consistency but I'm gonna I'm gonna actually call it just like constant it it, it bleeds from which one scene in Blade Runner or, it yeah. bleeds from one scene to the yeah, other see, I, I can notice There's a difference always, with every scene and it's manipulative is what it is that's what I'm saying it's more consistent throughout the entire movie I think that Akira's great I love Akira but um, I think that you have great pieces and then just you know you have Pantheon pieces like Kaneda's theme and then you have great throughout and I think the uh, the I, I think I think that Akira is great throughout the, yeah. whenever the music's in there it's doing what it's supposed to do for the film um, but ultimately, that's why yeah. I went with a tie. No, I, I, I honor your tie. No, I think it's a, I think it's good. Kira was good, but I just I agree with me, you. Blade Runner was exceptional. Yeah, but, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> um, that takes us to best Guys, quote. I think this is looking pretty fucking close right now. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, well, Josh already quoted mine, <laughs> but uh, uh, Blade Roy, quite an experience to live in fear, isn't it? That's what it is to be a slave. And to me, that is so fucking true. Because so many people are a slave to their fears. It, it's their master. It keeps them from accomplishing things or doing the right thing or doing what needs to be done. Fear is a slave owner. And it makes slave out, slaves out of even the mightiest of men. And to me, this was just such a deep and human quote that most people just don't want to admit or think about or, or talk amongst themselves, whatever. And it took a replicant to come out and say this, and it just blew my fucking mind. I, there's a lot. Of, I, I, I didn't write down any runner-ups because honestly, there was a lot of great quotes in both yeah. of these movies. I mean, just fucking phenomenal. 
But this just, it was more personal to me, something I agreed with more than anything. And that's why I gave that my You know, I love Akira, but I don't think Akira is very quotable. Even, I, I know it's a, well, yeah, I don't I think it's very I quotable. I did write down one runner-up, uh-huh. and it was from Akira. It was uh, Kyoko. The future is not a straight line. It is filled with many crossroads. I like that. There must be a future that's that we that can wisdom. choose for her, ourselves. Yeah. And it is. It's, it's a wise It's a great character. It's one of my favorite characters yeah. in that movie. And that was the only, because I did, I had a shit yeah. uh, my, my shit's so out of order, because normally I, I go through my list, and uh-huh. I, and, but with these... I had to get back to him. It's you know a what tug I mean? of war between these two. And, and that, that's when my shit is completely fucking out Interesting. of Interesting note. I, I would like to put something like this at the beginning of the tonight's podcast. But how do you guys do your, your list anyway? I, I, I sit down and, I, and I, do, I sit down and I do my awards. I don't know who's winning. I don't count them up until the end. I'm, that makes me more thorough. It makes me not. It makes me unbiased as much as I can. And then I go back and, and count my awards. So I'm not like, oh, I got one for Blade Runner, two for Akira. No. I, uh, I just go back and I, I, look I usually them. watch both of mine either the same night or same day. And I start the thinking process. And normally, some, unless something is truly exceptional or truly fucking awful, I don't come up with the awards right away. Unless, like I said, it's truly you know one way or the other. But uh, I usually give it about three or four days. And throughout those three or four days, whether I'm at work or doing yada, 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 I'm thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, I fucking lose sleep over this shit. And <laughs> I, I have too. And then I sit down and I usually go, you know, once I get, okay, I've got a good structure in my head of what I want to do. I write everything down. And then that's when I start going through the words one by one until these two fuckers came along. <laughs> and I literally had to like, okay, I can't think right now. I mean, there's just so many great awards from both of these movies that it was impossible for me to do them in order. I'm very OCD. Yeah. And it was just impossible for me to do them in that order, and I had to keep coming back, and it was just a clusterfuck. <laughs> How do you do yours? Uh, I do every single one of them differently. Uh, the character and actor ones are usually pretty self-explanatory. There's even there's usually front runners, and I pick the top two or three that I think could be, and then I just weigh them against each other. But then there's some awards, like Best Kill, for instance. <clears throat> every time I see one that's noteworthy, I'll record it and then process of elimination well does this one beat that yeah, yeah. one does this one I do that, that as well right. I do right. that with a lot of stuff and then some of them we have to try that actually that's pretty uh, good some of them I just do on the fly at the end yeah. I ask myself which one stood out got me in fucking trouble tonight because yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm bouncing all over the place but I that, that, that was that's why I think that it's important <coughs> to to again reinforce that these two movies are really close yeah really yeah, close they in, are. in quality look at yeah we all agree that and you look at the scores you know and they agree as well so um, you gave us your best quote right yes okay best quote uh, so all of my fucking you asked us if anybody else had trouble with quotes yeah. I basically could have quoted everything that Roy said yeah. through all of Blade Runner <laughs> and uh, I ended up going with his I fucking I, I want that shot the shot of Roy sitting on the roof in the rain with his head down with the spinner landed in the back I want that on my fucking wall that's you know? that that's, is fucking awesome and the the, the the thing that he says there I've seen things you people wouldn't believe mm-hmm. attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion I've watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tanzahar gate all of those moments will be lost in time like tears in rain that's bad time to die very fucking badass fucking so yeah. wonderful it's powerful poetic, it's powerful when you think about that too all the things that he's seen all the oh, yeah. glorious that that gets my he's imagination straight. he's more human than human and as long as physically at least and he can yeah. see and do yeah. these things we can no do. other human can see yeah. and it that's, died that's so with him cool. and it's, yet and yet that quote conveys an element of 
how he values his life more than others, which is so just well, at odds with him saving Deckard in that moment. It, it's one thing. It, it, I can tear into that moment a hundred different ways and try and understand what's going on because he's, he's worried about his moments being lost, but everyone's worried about their moments being lost, aren't they? Yeah. Gaff, uh, what he says is, it's a, it's a shame she won't live. But then, but then again, again, who does? Who yeah, does? Exactly. That that that's that's what it means to be human. It's and fucking that depressing, is but the it's most true. Powerful <laughs> moment for me in Blade Runner because it that is where the humanity screams forth because he is not coming to terms with his death well because he th- feels like he has maybe more to do or he feels that there's there like you said yeah. things that other people or I, maybe you said it that humans can't do yeah, that's they won't that's be able going to, to be lost things that would burn their fucking eyes there's out there's so that he much can... weight in that quote so mm-hmm. I went with that I, I love that, that imagination too very good quote attack ships on the fire attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion that's so cool to think about and, and Roger yeah. Howell wrote that shit yeah yeah, yeah it was he, improvised he wrote that yeah. and, and uh, presented that to it presents such Scott. a cool mental image you know uh, I had a couple of other ones though that I wanted to when he walks into the eye shop uh, well first off Quite an experience to live in fear, isn't it? That's what it is to be a slave. Yeah, that was I love fucking that. Up. And it was hot on the heels of uh, my my primary. But this other one that he said when he walks in, this is what I mean. Every time that he's on screen, he says something that's just fiery. The angels fell. Deep thunder rolled around their shoulders, burning with the fires of Orc. Yeah. I mean, that's the first fucking thing he says <laughs> to that guy when he walks in. Yeah. I know you're about to kill me, but you're a deep motherfucker. It is. And it is. It's a character I want so much more of. And he bounces yeah. from that waxing philosophical stuff to it's fucking cold blood just killer. fucking cold blooded killer. Yeah. You know, which and I wish he, there was more philosophical though, or more deep. Like I wish there was more. I of wish a, there was more screen time. I wish there was a meteor scene. I think it was a missed opportunity with him and Tyrell. I wish there was more there where there was more going back. Oh, that scene yeah. full of fucking meat. Yeah, I but wish it was, it was, I wish it was meteor. Yeah, it was it, quick. It is you know, when I first heard of a twenty forty nine coming out, the thing I prayed for more than anything <clears throat> was to a return of his character. Like in this, uh, you know, uh, twenty or thirty year time span, they found a way to revive to take the the, the dead DNA or chromosomes or whatever that was in Roy and revive it. So you want and, Universal Soldier? <clears throat> <laughs> I want you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, but it's just I want you were his made, character to come back. You were made as well as we could make you, but not to last. The light that burns twice as bright burns half, half as, as long. long. That's a great. And you have burned so good. very, very brightly. Roy says, "Look at you. You're the or er, Roy. Look at you. You're the prodigal son. You're quite a prize. I've done questionable things, also extraordinary things. Revel in your time. Nothing the god of biomechanics wouldn't let you into heaven for." Fuck yeah! yeah. That is Talk awesome. about there yeah. not being meat in that scene. Yeah, yeah. I think it could have been a little bit. Yeah, I think so. But, but it's you know, good. I Probably think, had to I crush think that skull. actually, <laughs> and this is I, I'm glad that this came up because I wanted to bring up the fact that I think Ridley Scott has gotten better at delivering these moments mm. that toy with artificial intelligence and that that progressive nature of what it is to grow into a well, humanity. He's had more practice to do it. And... He has, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, I know you don't like Prometheus. A lot, but the stuff with David in Prometheus is wonderful, and I didn't care for Covenant much. Oh, but still the opening seen that. scene of Covenant, where he is talking with Wayland, yeah, is, is great. Yeah, yeah. It's a great scene. Real quick, is Covenant worth and, my time? No. And it, it's <laughs> for the experience to say that you've seen. No, it's not. Okay, so, so <laughs> long story short, Wayne, it sucked. <laughs> no, I, I think that Ridley Scott is. 
better than what he has presented to us yeah. in this stuff. I mean, you got Bishop, you got Ash, you've got Deckard possibly being a replicant, yeah. you've got Roy. I mean, this guy has touched on so many fucking great characters that deal with artificial intelligence, growing into yourself, coming to terms with your maker. I mean, he fucking says it right there. This this interaction between Roy and Tyrell is the same interaction as Wayland and David. They're having the same conversation about fatherhood and a son and the responsibilities growing into yourself and trying to, to you know, find who you are. All that stuff's great and carries so much weight. My, my favorite quote actually was um, Deckard where he says, tell me to kiss you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> my favorite quote was... Damn it, Brad. I have to change mine now. <laughs> my, oh, I'm changing. <laughs> my favorite quote was the tears uh, tears in the rain monologue. Mm-hmm. I love that. I thought it was great. Um, I did want to highlight a quote, though, that I think is so interesting because it's so simple. It's, it's not even worth comparing to tears in the rain. Okay? But why do... Why does everybody quote it so much? Why does everybody say, Canada! That screaming... It's, it's, it's very... It's a fun quote. Uh, I'm not saying shit. <laughs> it's a fun quote, isn't it? Do you I not like that? Because you, you you bitched about people screaming. And so no, like, I didn't like it. It was okay. fucking annoying. Do you annoying. like that? Where he's just like, Canada! He's like, that's well. I don't know. I always hear... So the amount of If I wanted that shit, I'd watch Dragon Ball Z. The name Canada and Tetsuo are said in Akira, I liken to the amount of times that in Titanic, she says, Jack Rose, Jack Rose. I mean, the same fucking effect. It just... Stop saying each other's names so much. Yeah. No. I, I just love that screaming, Canada. I just love it. Um, so that takes us into best screenplay. You go on Blade Runner or Akira? I went with Akira. Okay. Uh, honestly, ah, they were both great fucking stories. But with, with Akira, I, I felt like it wasn't nearly as in-depth and thoughtful as Blade Runner was, but it had so much more excitement to the story. You know, a little, and like I said, not... Is in depth, but still more details. So what you're saying is, if we had picked the version with narration, you'd have gone with Blade Runner. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But then it's, I just went with Akira. I'm serious. Just, I, as much as I love Blade Runner, Akira just had, well, more pop to it. Okay. You know, I wanted to keep watching more. This was Blade Runner. It was like, okay, done. Great story. But with Akira, it was I like, think, oh, you and I are on the same page. And I'm going to say that Akira had more organic exposition yes it told its story well it handled its content well it had the better character interactions it had depth it had scope it had science science fiction that was the frustrating thing about Blade Runner he had these characters with so much potential but they weren't really you know you know fully realized or fleshed out so much as they were in Akira yeah it's a hard one I um I went with Akira as well (laughs) I actually might change that one as well. I actually had Blade Runner. This would be my first change. Wrong. I, I like Blade. I like the Blade Runner um, scope for you. Know, it, has, it tells a fun sci-fi noir. You know, I think I, it visually tells it better though. I think Akira visually tells it better, just because there's more. No, That's no, why. no. I mean, I think it, visually it tells. It's content better than its screenplay does. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I that's a close one for me, but I think I'm that'd be my first change for tonight. I'm gonna go Akira for the reasons you guys said. I think there's there might be a little bit more hard sci-fi there, even though we get some replicants yeah. and we get a lot of sci-fi in uh, Blade Runner. Well, fucking the scientists. More is explained whole, in Akira. That yeah. whole scene where uh, uh, Tetsuo is going fucking crazy and they're watching that that. Uh, like brain pattern or whatever it is yeah, he's matching yeah, up with yeah. Akira more and more then the scientist is going over the fucking the paperwork and out. he's like 
there there are particles on here that have ne- not been discovered, or you know, he he's going through all this yeah. stuff. To he's, me, that was such a Dragon Ball Z moment. Did anybody else start thinking about Dragon Ball Z when they were watching Akira in some parts? The scientist was pretty animated. Okay, thank you. He was pretty animated. <laughs> But, uh, you know, if this is correct, this is the birth of the universe, and you've got some heavy shit coming yeah. out. This I is think. the highest power I, yeah, level I think, I've ever seen. I think you're <laughs> yeah. right, though. I think Blade Runner, it tells its story more through visuals, I think, um, yeah, than on screen. I, I think I think if you boil it on screenplay, I think if you just, uh, you handed it to me, you didn't take it into uh, the future, didn't really take out the replicants. I'll comment on that. I think that you could probably just have a, a pretty simple noir, you know? I really do. I think it's pretty simple noir if you if you boil it down, you know. Um, so I'm gonna change that to Akira. I like that. Um, that takes us to best cinematography or animation. Uh, another tough one, but I went with Blade Runner. It just looked beautiful. Now Akira, one of the, the you know most professional, great looking animes I've ever seen. It was great, but again, Blade Runner was just beyond exceptional. Considering the time, uh, the budget, just. Perfection. I mean, that is the perfect cinematography. This is what I want to see in every sci-fi movie. It, you know, like I said, it's just better than than great. It's you know almost miraculous how, how beautiful this is done. The work, the detail, everything about it is perfection. You know, you can do ties. Fuck. It was still better than Akira, though. Really? Yeah. yeah I mean, like I said, not much. Like uh-huh. I said Akira looked fan fucking fantastic, but to me, Blade Runner was perfection. Uh, okay, I'll I'll talk to that in a second. Go ahead. This is another fucking hard one. It, it was because <laughs> I it, there's an undeniable beauty in Blade Runner that that fills me with excitement when I'm watching it on screen. Just it's so powerful and and, and moving. They nailed it. Yeah. They absolutely nailed it. But then you look at Akira, <laughs> and it's hard to compare because yeah, I mean, there's not really the c- cinematography doesn't factor into it. It's animation, but mm-hmm. we are talking about. Top fucking level animation that still great. holds up today uh, <laughs> as really quality stuff. <clears throat> um, it has, I mean, there's a lot of scale and perspective in Akira for animation. For you know, animation. For animation. They, they really I think for their own genre. For their we own respect. We talked about genre. that earlier, those, those aerial shots yeah. in the city. They, they exist in both films. Yeah. And they, they set the gold standard powerful. for their genre. Exactly. I don't even think, and I, I don't know if you argue uh, would argue this, but I think. It's a little bit different, but the, the, the closest thing that comes to a current location would be Ghost in the Shell animated. And I That's still don't. So long I don't like Newport City more than Akira. There's just something about Akira that has that Blade Runner dirty, um, that uh, metal hurlant look. You know, that I, See, love I didn't. I thought it looked too clean. To, to My have a dirty. So there's different districts, and like you look at the CD biker bar. <laughs> you know, you go from that to the military spot, or you go into old Tokyo. There's 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 such a, a, a clever design <clears throat> to the whole thing, and Blade Runner as well. Um, I don't mean to skip over yours. That's why I went tie with mine, because um, I, I love the look of Blade Runner. I don't think there's any other choice for me either, but tie, because. <clears throat> My originally I had Blade Runner written down, but that's only because I'm I'm taking the cheap way out I, and saying <laughs> the they brought it to life. <laughs> they, did, they fucking they did something real in Blade Runner, and they <clears throat> they, they they there's no like fuzzy corners, no production errors or mm. anything like that. It was, but the same can be fucking said for Akira. Yes, Akira, uh, like I said, uh, it was great. Is, but... Yeah, so I also went tie. You went tie. Is, is, is your paper accurate so far? Yeah. Okay. And so you're going with Blade Runner? Yes. Okay. That takes us to Best Supporting Actor or Actress. 
Uh, Blade, so we, we changed. We, sorry, <laughs> we, so we changed this. We used to have uh, best supporting yeah. actor and actress. Now we're making you choose. You only get one supporting. <laughs> Who is it? Uh, mine was Rutger Hauer. Uh, oh, Blade man, Runner. I was going to say we have to say it at the same time. I'm sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> signal with me, Josh. Signal with me. Uh, just an exceptional, exceptional job. You know, and I'll say I had no runners up for this. Okay. I mean, yeah. everybody did yeah. good, but There's as far no as the supporting, yeah, Rutger Howard no was the only choice. You have to admit, though, it was cool to see James Hong. It was pretty fucking as, cool. As, as the Hannibal, guy. Hannibal, <laughs> I thought he was really cool to see it. Uh, James Hong and then uh, Michael Emmett Walsh as the captain. I thought it was cool to see him. That too. was cool. It was that just was cool, cool to see him. Where'd you go? Burger Hour. Yeah. Oh, you were like Performance-wise, though, there was no. For option. I mean, we we we've been over him quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, a lot of my characters, I was originally pulling towards Rudger Howard because I, I do think he gives a terrific performance. But that he's going to get credit for in this category because he was an anchor for uh, for Blade Runner. Okay. And I don't think that there's anyone else. There's one for me that um, when we talk supporting someone who really who who leaves their their touch on the whole movie. You say Edward James almost. I'm going no. I'm going it. Edward J. Almost. Man. Jesus Christ! No, he don't. He even he's the one who even designed through personal research City Speak, which is so cool in that fucking movie where he's eating Chinese food and he comes up behind him and he starts talking. That's all Edward J. Almost over Rudger Howard. Yeah, there's. I love. I just love his. What don't he you ever that. make all fun of his lines of dialogue? I love Edward J. Yeah, I mean, I I love. He barely spoke. Wait, wait, I didn't understand why he was there my most best, of the time. Wait, the origami is his Before you say that, wait till you see my best... Presence is his why don't you say... Why don't you wait till you see my best actor? Because I don't think Harrison Ford as Decker deserved it. Um, and I don't know too much about um, animation, who, who um, which kind of sucks for Akira. I didn't know um, the respected talents there. So I felt like I... Well, I actually, said, everybody I was, was pushed, talking angry. If they would have... I was pushed towards Blade Runner. So I don't know the talent that was on screen. Um, and I couldn't go Decker. So if um, I'll just go ahead and give both mine right now. I went with um, Rutger Hauer as my best actor. Okay? But he's a supporting actor. But I didn't have no one else to fill it. Because I wasn't going to give it to Decker. And I wasn't going to give it to anyone from Akira. So I went with him as my lead actor for their, um, for all the moments that you just said. Um, but for supporting Edward J. Almost, man, that he's mysterious in the background. He has that 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 cane. He walks with a limp, and you know when he's there. Um, I think when he's he's making those origamis, um, there's just something to him that comes off very unique, mysterious. And I love True, Edward. But it was just you know, so like, okay, just so it's very like, little. It just it, it is. But much. it's like Indiana Jones. You look at Raiders of the Lost Ark. You look at the villain in that movie. Most people don't mm. even know know his name. He doesn't. He was never given a name. He's no. even listed in the credits as a but nameless he comes in agent. And you know when he's fucking on screen. He, did, he uh, almost had great presence you on screen. Saw way more in that performance. Really, I love. I love. I love. Gas. His presence was amazing. It was great. But that's really. It was just so tiny and so minuscule and through there. It just. Yeah, I love Gaff. I, I would say Gaff is more of a fucking replicant than uh, goddamn Decker. See, he comes across as more human than anybody. Yeah, I, I'm with Josh on that one. I, I gotta go with Josh. He's the more, only one in the more human than human? human. That's our goal. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. So, uh, but so when it gets to best actor for me, I went with Rutger Hauer. I um, went with Harrison Ford and Blade Runner. Did you really? Yes, okay. I did. I, see, I thought that 
when I, when I have Han Solo, when I have Indiana Jones, Jones, damn it, I just thought, <laughs> I thought he, him as Decker was just okay. You know, like I don't think he really brought he brought he, he was Harrison Ford, which I love Harrison Ford. So yeah, yeah. you know, I, I like Harrison Ford. I mean, it was more of his facial expressions, like you could like he was you could he, tell. he was playing Ford for me. For he, me. He, were, he was so cynical, like when he was just drinking, it was just him in his apartment. Doing his detective work. That's fucking Harrison Ford. That's you awesome. Can, <laughs> you can just see it in his expression, the way he moves. He's just worn out. And you know, there may be, even with just his memories, he's worn out. He's done this for too long. He doesn't want to be doing this. He wants to be retired, but he doesn't want to get his ass thrown in jail either. He's very, you, know, like, you can just tell he's thinking wise ass remarks quite a bit. And I, I, I loved his performance without him really even speaking much. What about you? <clears throat> I think that Blade Runner is. An exceptional film that is powerful and important to people and remembered more for the world than for the performances. Um, and I think that this movie actually brings out the reality of how lacking Harrison Ford can be. I couldn't possibly give it to him. Uh, I didn't think there was anybody that was exceptional. Did you do Robert, Robert Chicken? No, I didn't. Okay, who'd you I've give it to? I've never done a rubber chicken. Yeah. Maybe I fucking should. I have but I actually, <laughs> I I know that uh, you said you don't know much. You don't know how to compare like the yeah, animation, yeah. voice acting talent. But at the end of the day, I went with uh, Nozomu Sasaki, okay. who played Tetsuo, because he had range, he had emotion in his voice. Um, I'm glad you actually picked one of those. I thought that's 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 good. All all of those reasons that. You helped me switch my my character stuff over to him. Just just thing are are things that I was pouring into this lead actor uh, character or this lead actor award because that range is there. That range that brings that character to life and addresses all those things that make him a valid part of Akira and and it just so much substance there. Uh, I, I went with him. No one else stood out for me. Period. Yeah. I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you gave them versus. some love. Um, this was a little bit of cheat for me because I was able to give Rutger Hauer and Edward J. almost yeah, that's some fucking love. cheat because he's supporting. You just handed out two supporting. I did. I awards. did. I'm proud of it. <laughs> but he brought like um, Rutger Hauer improvising those lines. I mean, his look. It was funny too when Ridley and he loved it. He loved. So I guess did role. you guys hear the, the story where Ridley Scott he watched a movie that Rutger Hauer was in. He's like, I, I want him as my replicate. Never talked to him. Didn't have to come Paul through Bear for Hogan casting. Movies. Yeah, I don't even know uh, what it was, but he so he comes in as a joke, wearing like very flamboyant clothes <laughs> and just crazy to the first day on set. And I guess like when he popped in, Ridley Scott turned just white as a sheet. Like, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> I need to start talking to the people I'm casting. <laughs> and then he just it was just him fucking with with Ridley Scott. So I thought that was was great. Um, best scene. I'm very curious where you guys went with this. Uh, for me, it was so at the end. Hard. Uh, the best scene, honestly, when Deckard picks up the origami unicorn, and you can see, it's not really spoken about, but you can see he realizes he is like Rachel. He himself is a replicant. And and then the people watching it really, really, they put the two scenes together. And you for think the first Deckard time, realizes he's a replicant? I think so, too, because, I mean, he knows he had that unicorn dream. I guess that's how you, if you, what you, how you read into it. Yeah, and, and when he picks that up, he, he just kind of... And he knows how that shit works. There's he's literally a look Rachel. on his face that says he had some sort of epiphany. He realized Yeah, because I mean, he's the one who had to tell Rachel, hey, look, you know, you, those memories, those were Tyrell's nieces. I saw it and I thought to myself that he knew that Gaff was there. Gaff's the one who said, too bad she won't live. 
but Gaff gave him a pass to get her out. Yeah, that exactly. Was yeah. That's how. Well, see, I I wish that unicorn. Yeah, but see, how would there. Gaff know? You know, this is a reinforcement example. of your your scene because there, it, it's it's a great scene because of there's so many different angles. Well, the way that Gaff kind of interacts with um, Deckard too, like he doesn't give a shit. And you think he would if he's just another human scumbag who who just kind of like low down on life and it looks like they'd have more in common than Gaff and Ruffigan. You know what I'm saying? It looked like Deckard and Gaff would hang out. You know what I'm saying? Like they they're just both. Just kind of an ordinary See, guys. it's almost like Gaff is a bad motherfucker who's just keeping an eye on things. He's literally the puppet master. Uh-huh. You know, just, I'm watching you. I, I can see them hanging are. out, though, but Deckard, he doesn't treat Deckard like that. He treats him with a, some disrespect, which is really? kind of odd. Yeah, I, I, I feel like, so. really? Hmm, not, not, how not do you feel Deckard, or Gaff looks at Deckard? How do you feel? He's, I mean, I kind of said how I felt when you picked him for best supporting No, guy. no, I mean, how do you think that he looks at Deckard, though? Very little. Yeah. Uh, do you see, I, I, I mean, don't, I don't, don't think, have an opinion? I, yeah, I don't think there's much of a connection okay. there at all. Yeah. Uh, they make it really hard to understand. In the end, when he says, it's a shame she won't live, that's the most connection I get between those two characters, mm-hmm. period. The entire rest of the time, it's just kind of a looking over his shoulder, seeing what he's working on, and then backing off. Hmm. To, he's just watching him. So I think he's he, I think I really like Gaff. There's just something interesting. Maybe it's his, his visual aesthetic as well. There's something that I I think that he fits completely in that Blade Runner world. I'm not gonna say that he doesn't fit. I'm saying he's if there's more to it, it was underused. Yeah. I think he got recast in 2049. Don't quote me on that, but I thought I looked at IMDb and the, and Edward J. Almost is in that. I'm not for sure, but is not. In I think he is. I think he is in 2049. So uh, where so where did you go for best scene? Um, this one was a hard one. Uh, I didn't know really what way I was going to go. There were so many good scenes in the movie, but I ended up just throwing an award to, uh, Akira for a scene that I thought was exceptional and awesome and powerful and just really fucking creepy. And that's when Tetsuo wakes up in his, uh, in his, his room and the, the teddy Teddy bear. bear. Oh, that's so creepy. When they climb up the bed. The teddy bear and the car and all that, and then it all reforms and all the children's toys on the floor reform into larger versions of them. <clears throat> that scene is fucking mesmerizing to watch. I, it, I loved it. So I went with that one. Well, um, I love that scene. There's a couple scenes I just want to give some runner-ups to. Tetsuo versus Kanita. Um, I thought was awesome. Um, <clears throat> seemed really conventional, so I didn't go with that one. Yeah, yeah the the dream sequence or the nightmare yeah. sequence, uh, Tetsuo transforming, um, and then yeah, the Tyrell going to Blade Runner, Tyrell and um, and Roy. I love that conversation. Could have easily there. picked the Akira uh, when they're going through the memories thing. Yeah, as well, that mine really revealing. Mine stuff. is uh, compared to like you know Tyrell and Roy. My my scene is so simple. But I love it, and I can watch it anytime. I think that's important when you can just pop in a scene and just watch it over and over. And it takes me, I think it's three or four minute scene, and it takes me all the way through every district of Akira. And I think that's why I love it. It's the beginning bike scene, okay? <laughs> I knew that was good. The, the, clown, ex- the clown versus the capsules. Yeah. Um, you, get, you go through every district. Um, I mean, they're uh, uh, slamming through um, uh, store shop windows or restaurant windows, lighting cars on fires. You see the rivalry. Um, and then you get to see old Tokyo. I just love all that. The, the light trails behind the bikes, uh, the, the look, the aesthetic, and you get the uh, the over the uh, the aerials of um, 
of Neo Tokyo. I love the opening scene. Um, just before you guys came over, I watched it again because I love that scene so much. Um, I, ju- I just think it's amazing. I think it's great world building. And there are no wrong answers in this versus. Yeah, I, that's my yeah. favorite scene above all. Well, I didn't think so, but apparently there are. <laughs> the opening, the opening bike chase all the way up past the slide, all the way into Old Tokyo, where he runs into the psychic. All of that is so yeah, bad. Yeah, that is cool. I love it. So that was mine. That takes us to defining moment of the series. Uh, let me get my runner-up for that first. Uh, the runner-up went to Akira, and finding Akira dead, you know, it, it was just kind of an eye-opener. I mean, they were just so concerned about this this being. At the end? Yeah. He wasn't yeah. dead, was he? He was, he was, he was alive. Akira? Yeah, wasn't it? In the, no, in, no, in, the, in, the, in the containers. He was a yeah. grouping of organs. Yeah, he, he was just. But I thought that his presence was still. That's it's like, like there was, like it's like there was when the his uh, organs were in jars when that's the Asgardians were sitting there. It's like there was a terrestrial connection. No, yeah, that's to what those I'm saying. Jars yeah. and they were able to communicate to with him. That's why it. I was saying alive. But I mean, it was lifeless, uh, as far as I could tell. Yeah, they, they were lifeless. Well, why would you lifeless. bury it underneath a stadium for presentation? And that's just it. I mean, they didn't want people to know that. You know, they wanted that fear. And then when they, they go to the, and they find out he's just organs and jars. He's I, think, I, think I think there's something because I think there's, they fear. It. I think there's something else besides a human still locked in. There. I think there's something. I don't. I think there's something past human form and identity. I think it's well, it's, it's something high, like a on a psychic level okay, that's yeah. calling. I see what you're him. saying. I see so, what you're saying. Well, I think it, it, it's a it's a fascination with the physical, right? They they have what's left of Akira in essentially these. Uh, cryogenic jars buried as far underground as they yeah. can get. They're maintaining as low a temperature as they could possibly yeah. come up with to limit molecular movement. It's fucking cool. I mean, that's how afraid they are of it because they don't understand how to control it and they need to. Akira advanced to the point far beyond what the other espers did and they buried his remains and basically turned the heat down so far that there's no molecular movement at all so that they don't have to fear it anymore. But, I mean, that, I don't know. I don't know if uh, bringing him out reactivated the molecules yeah, or yeah. if it's simply that they were afraid of something that was essentially inert because Akira's power had gone elsewhere and the espers just called it back. It's fucking great stuff to talk about. See, it, to me, it was, it was a fear of something that just wasn't there anymore. Yeah. You know, fear of the past. Like I think ghost. it was. Because yeah. I think Akira... Which is why they kept well, they didn't touch old Tokyo, yeah. you know that. Oh he had, God, that he had just left, doesn't exist. He had, gone, he, he had taken that power, yeah. that potency somewhere else. That being said, he comes back, and then there's a giant fucking singularity that eats yeah, yeah. up city. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I think it's interesting too that the, the people of of Tokyo look at this as a um, as a positive thing, the coming of Akira. You know, well, they're fucking. You look at how many yeah. UFO cultists there. Yeah, 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 yeah but they think of there's the, some crazy fuckers out there. Akira as. Uh, a, a herald of their salvation. Yeah. They're well, thinking of it on, on a like material a level. Like yeah. 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 On a material, their, their release, their liberation from this this uh, life in the gutter yeah. is what it looks like. But the truth is, it's all so much bigger than that that you know they're, they're being misled by personal ambitions. It, really good stuff. Uh, but my main award went to uh, Blade Runner... And it's t- towards the end of it when Roy talks to Deckard about life and fear. And to me, that that, that is the human oh, at condition. The end, at the end, yeah, that's yeah. really cool. When, when uh, you know, Deckard's kind of, uh, kind of, you know, beat the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Roy's had mercy on him. 
You know, and he just kind of sits there, and that's when he starts telling him everything. Yeah, that's and, respectful. And I, I love that, because it is, it's so... See, I don't hate humorous. all your awards, Wayne! <laughs> <laughs> no one knows when they're going to die. And it's the one thing that's, no matter how poor you are, how rich you are, whether yeah. you're a king or, or a village farmer, whatever, we don't know when we're going to die. Uh-huh. We don't know when our time's up, and that's such an important moment. I love that That's scene. a great, that's a, that's a great moment. Um, my defining moment was the one thing, before I put either of these movies back in and watched them, the one thing I wanted to get to the most was the ending of Blade Runner. Really? Uh, the Tears in the Rain speech. I fucking love that moment. I, I love great. the rain, the atmosphere. And that's such an color. emotional impact. It... And then he, I mean, he droops his head. It's just so wonderful. Um, for me, that was the defining moment of the marathon because it's the one thing I couldn't wait to get to. <coughs> Dude, this is, how, this is how fucking close these... These two movies are. You say that, right? I'm going the ending of Akira. The third act of Akira, I think, because I've never seen anything like that on screen. You can't... I don't think you can ever do that in live action. Um, where he gets God mode powers, flying to fucking space, <laughs> taking out a satellite, coming See, down, mass destruction. over the top. I, that's what I love. Like uh, They've talked about doing a an Akira live, live action, action. I'm always behind. Hey, give someone a chance if they can do it. They can do it. I, I'm not. I'm almost in the mind of nothing's untouchable. You know, try if you want to. Whatever. I hope they never try to do a live action. That would look so fucking goofy. I, it would be. It would be a, a Dragon Ball Z or some shit. It just would be. What I would love, at the end of Akira, um, it, it's indicated that K is developing these powers. <clears throat> give me fucking Akira, twenty forty nine. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Oh, that'd be so badass. We live action. Do it live action. Oh, that's fucking cool. Do it live action oh, where we get an I older, write a wiser for 2049 now. <laughs> it would look so goofy, I think. Let's go to the writing room, Josh. I think, I think it would be awesome. Oh, fuck. To, <laughs> no, that's live action. We're talking just Akira this is Oh, okay. Animate. Okay, I'm Animation. with you. I'm with you. After Akira, uh, Tetsuo has left. Neo Tokyo has been destroyed. Tetsuo so now is we've got still two around. Old Tokyos now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I think so, don't we? Really and, old and Tokyo, old point, Tokyo. We start learning from Tokyo our mistakes three. and exploring that. And I think Akira is ready for a fresh story that uh, explains a little bit about what happens afterwards. I'd be interested in it. The psychic abilities aren't gone. That's what the whole concept this, of Akira is, that we're slowly unlocking it, and we're not ready for it. This has uh, inspired, Tetsuo is evidence This has that. inspired me to pick up the manga. I can't wait to read the manga. Sounds wanna, like the I, X-Men. <laughs> I want to know what has happened, if there's anything they left out, or if there's if yeah, they it, further the story. Is. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about mutation, but yeah, it, it, I don't know if it's, and, if it's mutation or if it's unlocking something that yeah. we already have, but... Um, I, I would love to see the next version of Akira be a live action yeah. version of a story following uh, Kaneda and uh, K after. By the way, I'd like to see an animated power. version of that. But by the, the way, action, I, no I, I didn't know how this was going to go um, tonight. But for our anime, I'll go either way. <laughs> the, the anime marathon, marathon. Just to give you guys some insight, um, we did that. Akira won the Golden Idol that night. All right, and it didn't go Pantheon. Up to the council because of Kyle. Okay, no um, shit. <laughs> well, a lot of my. I well, I'm going to honor Kyle's wishes tonight. <laughs> I couldn't wait to put Akira next to Blade Runner because I have a lot of respect for Blade Runner. It was so interesting. It doesn't show. Well, no, I no, lo- it I doesn't. Lo- no, I love Blade Runner. You're guys. shitting all over Blade Runner, Brad. I love Blade Runner. 
Because it doesn't have a fucking love, bike. Love fucking, <laughs> love fucking Blade Runner. You just want to see like, fucking the tail but you bike, know what? don't you? The anime marathon, my defining moment was the third act. You know, characters, villains. That's why it's so easy for me to talk about tonight. It was, it's, it's almost the same as the anime marathon. So it's ki- killing two kind of uh, either genre or movies in this. I, I, I have a lot of respect for Akira, especially doing the anime and now putting up against another movie which in, um, against another movie I fucking adore the aesthetic of you say you say sci-fi I'm a huge Star Wars fan probably the biggest at this table wouldn't you say yeah probably we got that tattoo on your wrist yeah fuck yeah dude <laughs> when you say Blade Runner Star Wars for sure is my favorite sci-fi movie but if you say what? sci-fi the first thing that pops into my head is the look of Blade Runner and now the the, the look of Akira yeah. now as well because um, the, over this last year was the time that uh, I really started watching more Akira I haven't watched Akira in 20 fucking years 15 years but it's so timeless now to me and I now when I think sci-fi it's not just Blade Runner it's Akira both those movies are in my head when you say sci-fi now. Just the look and the aesthetic. Like you even said at the beginning of this, Wayne, you said that's, I could see how that's the future. That's what the future would look yeah. like. You know? <clears throat> that so makes I stumbled cultures. across a list of awards handed out by the Visual Effects <coughs> Organization. And uh, top three on that list are Star Wars, number one, Blade Runner, number two, 2001, number three. Really? So Nice. That's pretty fucking solid. That is I, solid. I'd put them in a different order. Yeah. Uh, I'd actually probably do... Oh, fuck. It's so Mine would hard. go Star Wars, Blade Runner. Mm. Well, not, not in this order, but my three would be Star Wars, Blade Runner, Akira. Again, so not think, that order. I think mine would probably be Blade Runner 2001 and Star Wars. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> but, I mean, it just... It, it's um, trying to connect to what you just said right there about the importance of their sci-fi presence. Yeah. It, it, it could, it can't be overstated. Yeah. And Akira fits that mold as well. My defining moment was going to go to, um, which I do have a lot of respect for, which I'll get some shit for right now and I'll accept it. But uh, my, my main, I just said, this is my runner-up, is Akira's bike slide. God damn. <laughs> I fucking love that bike slide, I'm actually slide, surprised dude. that it wasn't. Yeah. Because that, that bike slide is the one thing that makes your bike bullshit valid. Yeah, yeah yes. Well, that's, every, a, that's why I gave the word. Everyone, like, wants, slide, everyone cool. wants to ride a motorcycle like fucking Canada does in this not movie. Really? Yeah. Do you not like the cover of that DVD Blu-ray? <laughs> no, I, I like it. You yes. don't either? Yeah, I, 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 no, like I, like here. <laughs> I like the cover. I like the cover. It looks. It's uh, a neat picture. Right? It's a great picture. But a great a, picture. That's a, doesn't make a great fucking movie. That I think is honestly the coolest bike design in a movie too. Whoop de fuck! It's still just a bike design. Clearly, you haven't seen Dread. I've seen Dread. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so what? There are so much more going that, on in that movie. Dread, and you're concentrating on a bike. No. They're psionics. Two awards out of There's, 20. That's and, and, one award out you, of you made a whole award up for this bike. That's the only award that I got. <laughs> That's the only award that I got tonight. Well, it's because the only award you had, you had to... If you hadn't have made that award up... No. <laughs> well, I only won award. Went to a bike. So... Eat my shit. <laughs> well, I just hope you're happy with yourself. <laughs> so that no, takes I'm actually, uh, when you post this on AV, I'm going to try and track down. <clears throat> I'm sure it's on YouTube. That bike uh, is fucking iconic. There, there's a breakdown <laughs> where they show Canada's uh, bike slide. It's right up there. And they Millennium show <laughs> how many movies have emulated that exact scene, exact same framing. It's the exact scene. Same shot. Okay, it's not just the bike. <clears throat> it's in Matrix. Uh, there's a, uh, several <sighs> other movies have, have taken that exact shot. Oh. And replicate it because it's so fucking iconic. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. So why but, it's not your number one, yeah. I will never understand. I, I, that third act, though, is like I said, I, I can't be replicated live action. I don't think. And every time I watch it, I was like, "That's the that's it's such a 
such an experience for me um, is that third act. That's but what wild cards are for. Yo. Wait till I get up to my wild card. <laughs> wild cards are for something that needs to be awarded, and there's something that needs to be awarded in this. Um, best director. Ridley Scott. Okay. For Blade Runner. Just did a, you know, it was, it was his hand that guided this. Yep. The, the cinematography, the angles, the shots, everything was Ridley Scott's, you know, brain power, his, his passion. And it showed throughout the whole movie. It, every, he loved it, loved what he was doing. And again, it just showed. E- even some of the scenes that were a little boring, not much going on, they were still wonder. They were still great eye candy. And that was thanks to R- Ridley Scott's genius. Okay. I also went with Ridley Scott. Oh yeah. Uh, because I think the vis- visual prowess of the of Blade Runner is the animation is exceptional. Um, I mean, it's so neck and neck between Akira and Blade Runner for animation versus cinematography. But the scope of Blade Runner. It was ultimately his vision. And to bring that physically to life on a limited budget is fucking impressive. Yeah. And to have those same shots hold up now, 30-some oh, years God, later. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. It's, it's held throughout time. I mean, it's... It means that his, his his head was in the right place, his heart was in the right place, back when they made it in, in the 80s. Uh, really, Scott. Yeah, I went with a tie. And uh, the reason I went with a tie... you why, Okay, why are you nodding your head? You bitched out on so many of these awards. <laughs> Dude, have I bitched I did, out? I did too. I, I know. I, 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 I feel you should change shit. some of your I fucking feel, awards. No, because I, I, so I stand weak. by my shit. As much shit as I've given uh-huh. you guys tonight about that, honestly, I, I can see. Do you know why? why. I, they were both so great. I, Blade Runner, everything you guys said. Um, Ridley Scott thinks that uh, his most complete and personal film is Blade Runner, and I agree. I think only one person probably has that. We'll see if 2049, if they can replicate that. But he, uh, wow, he made a world that is, is has to be done with passion and, mm-hmm. and a certain drive, and he did. And you look at Akira, though, okay? There's only one person that could make that fucking movie, and it was the writer and the creator of the manga, okay? Which he did. All right, there's only you couldn't give that to anybody else. His name's Katsuro Atamo, I think that's how you say his name. But he was the creator of the manga and the film. Um, he had filled two thousand pages of notebooks. All right, just Jeez. to get various ideas and designs for Akira, and that kind of love and that kind of drive can only make Akira that that great, crazy, chaotic, beautiful world that I love. And I, I love the way that uh, they talk about how he wrote it too, because. He said he had to know the ending, and he worked backwards from the ending. So he knew, of those 2,000 pages, he knew what elements were going to have to be kept in. He ended up trimming that 2,000 down to 735, yeah. and he did it all in reverse. Yeah, Jesus. That's what I'm talking and that about. That is impressive. That's director, is what we're talking about. And so I had to give it with both. And there's only one person for Blade Runner, one for, for Akira. I think they both made the best out of their respective genre for animation, for live action. I mean, there's only 90 special... <laughs> 90 special effects shots for Blade Runner. That's goddamn impressive. And you look at some of the movies now have hundreds of effect shots, and they don't even look like half yeah, the look world half as, good, yeah. as, as Blade Runner, you know? Um, so those movies together, the directors um, were helmed by the appropriate people and done the best they could for both worlds. Ty. Okay, <laughs> go to Wild Card. Uh, I went with a Wild Card. I went with a comedy moment. Go and I went with Blade Runner when uh, Leon was getting uh, interviewed with the other Blade Runner, you know, to see if he was a... So you're using your wild card for best comedy? Yes. Best okay. comedy. You, you want to award some, some comedy. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Cause it, just, it just felt like funny. And he said, uh, tell me about your mother. And Leon responds, 
well, let me tell you about my mother. And then he just shoots him. But <laughs> yeah. this, at first you think it's a huge gun, but it's this tiny little thing and has such an impact. It blows him right through the fucking wall. But just the way he says it, my mother, well, uh, let me tell you about my mother. <laughs> and just bam, it just cracked me up. Go. Uh, I'm throwing an award to uh, Blade Runner for something I just commented on connected with Ridley Scott, but those those visual effects that still stand up today, uh, I can't get over. <clears throat> when you, you're talking about a movie, when we were looking at best scene, uh, I always ask myself which one pops into my head, right? Which one do I remember the most with, with more power? <clears throat> and the, the bear scene uh, with the toys and all that, I mean that one's that was cool. That's some good shit. It's 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 memorable, right? But as I'm watching Blade Runner, I don't know how to give my best scene to every single fucking aerial shot in that movie that looks stunning and gorgeous outside of Tyrell's building, that kind of pyramid-looking structure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all that stuff still holds up today and I love looking at it. It's it's so good. So the stunning visual effects, I can't I can't overstate how powerful an impact they had on me, so I had to uh, I had to comment on that. This is getting good tonight, guys. Check this out. Okay, <laughs> so you look way too excited, and it scares me a little. I had wild card is you know you want to celebrate something, right? I, I it was going to be a tie, and that sucks for a wild card, right? And just wait, why, right? I'll tell you where I was going to go. I was going to go with world building because I really want. To shine a light on how important these this world building is, uh, Sid Mead came in for Blade Runner. He was only going to do like I think some artwork on the spinners or something like that, and then he ended up doing the whole fucking world of Blade Runner because he was so goddamn awesome. Yeah. He did a fantastic job, and I honestly think he probably deserves it tonight. Okay, for my wild card for adding every level of detail inside the live action, street level all the way up, yeah. all the way up. But wild cards were invented for that celebrating or. To, to kind of beef up your awards a little bit. Fuck off. So you don't, because I have no idea where this is going tonight. And I kind of want, I love both movies. Is it, is it that there was very little tread wear on uh, on Canadian? <laughs> no, my wild card, well, I cut my finger with my pen. That's how excited I am. My wild card is going to be used tonight for a bonus point, okay, for Akira. Just because I, I want Akira just to win just a little bit more than Blade Runner, and I love them both. And I don't know, because Wayne went heavy Blade Runner tonight. What a dude! Listen to this, listen to this. You went heavy Blade Runner. Are, are you giving it a point for something? Or yeah, just, I'll give it for the fucking... I love Akira. I, 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 I love Akira. What goes to Akira? It's, no, uh, <laughs> when I first did Wildcard, was also to give... Uh, you can beef up Best Picture. Yeah. Best Picture, two points. Okay? So if you want to, Best Picture, two points. I'm going to go with Akira. Because you went heavy Blade Runner... You're mixed. Four fucking ties and a cop out on wild card. You, you mixed wow. out. You mixed out. You you mixed it up a little bit. You went hardcore Blade Runner. I went hardcore Cure. I have no idea how this. this I don't know where this is gonna go. I honestly don't know if one will edge out the other. So I'm doing one extra for Akira. There we go. Well, fuck. I'm not gonna change my best picture anymore. <laughs> which kind of which takes out your Blade Runner that you just gave. <laughs> That's what bonus points are about. That's what wild card, baby. Which means. That's what what did you... You gave it to Blade Be, Runner. Uh, best Picture went to Blade Runner. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> okay. No, I mean for your, your wild card. Oh, my wild card went to Blade Runner. Which means the wild card category gets one point for Blade Runner. So, <laughs> <laughs> Better than two. <laughs> it's for a comedy moment. Yeah. <laughs> it was a funny scene. You want the rubber chicken? <laughs> no, no, I, I want got, Blade I Runner to fucking uh, win. I love Akira. I love them both. I love them both. I, I, do, I do too. Like, it so almost Akira's got my great, what the but... fuck. That, that 
Oh, yeah? I won't be disappointed, but I will say this. If Blade Runner wins tonight, I think it was the safest bet for Council. I think Blade Runner will be dominated no matter what, eventually. You know, someone will nominate it because it's that good. Akira will never get nominated unless one of us at the table nominate it because just, I don't think it will. Or if you put a member in the council who respects anime. Yeah, but even while they go with Akira, they got to do Spirit Away, something Hayozi Miyazaki. They're going to go with fucking Akira at yep. some point. Yeah, I hope if so. they love anime. You know. I mean, it's going to be in their top three choices yeah. for nominating. <clears throat> Where'd you go best pick? Blade Runner. Yeah! Ooh, nice. <laughs> That's my boy, Josh. That's my boy. <laughs> And I think we've talked about it enough. I was going to change it to Akira, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to wipe out yours again, but I'm going Akira. You know, honestly, Akira's a great movie. It really is. <clears throat> I, if it makes pain, if it gets, you know, outvoted point-wise, I, I'm not going to yeah. be hurt. Dude, I mean, both of these, they help set the standard for modern anime, modern science, fi- science fiction cinema, um, leader of the dystopian neo, neo-noir genre. I mean, both of these movies... Just kick ass, man. I think anime, though, broke open the doors, I think, to mainstream Western audiences to anime. Blade Runner's the leader in the science fiction genre. It's, it's so fucking... It is. The most leaders in the genre. It's my number two movie of all time. Well. I mean, I've even got it on my list. But, uh, oh, is few, it? I didn't even notice that. From, from, well, from a few years back. We yeah. Of all time. Blade Runner's number two? Yeah. Wow. Blade Runner, yeah. So go a, check out AV Assemble so you can check out Wayne's number two. That's that's awesome. Dude. It's Dawn of the Dead and Blade Runner. And that's and that's just... only I gave Dawn of the Dead number one because, you know, it's a horror. I, I love them both. They're both perfect. But Donald Dead being horror, I gave that a little bit more. Okay, let's. I am going to justify my pick though uh-huh. by saying that, again, other than that bike bullshit, there's no wrong answers in this verse. Uh, agreed, agreed. Is this your guys' <laughs> favorite verses or no? This is my, the most challenging. Seriously, as much as I love yes, Blade Runner, I would agree. It's I'll give credit where it's due, and Akira deserves some serious. Fucking Blade credit. Runner. If I had to ask how I selected my best pick, though, uh-huh. I would ask myself which one. If I had to put these two movies in front of myself and say which one do I want to watch more in this moment, the answer to that is fucking Blade Runner. Because yes. yep. I feel like Akira gave me the whole scope of everything kind of in a frontal way. Just It's all out there. Um, but Blade Runner has a world I still am dying and to you can Yeah, you can take something from it every time. you every, yeah. like, every time I watch it, I notice something. Like the last time I watched it... Uh, I saw the Atari symbol in there. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? There's always something new I'm catching from it. Let me say this about and both. the product placement. For fuck's sake. Yeah. I hate product cola. placement. Yeah, I do too, but it's so fucking cool in this. Blade yeah. Runner. Let me say this exactly. too. Both movies. And Atari's, they're coming back. They're making a new console. So oh, that shit God. could be so coming fucking through. hard about that. It is Dude. unbelievable. I don't think it's going to be about it. But. I think it's scheduled for release in like 2019. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so listen, check this out real quick. Just try to wrap your mind around this. Two decades at least, okay, here. Uh, this is more a caribou shit? No, it's for both. <laughs> two decades. <laughs> this is more motorcycle shit, Brad. No, no, no. <laughs> two decades of technical advancement in every area of filmmaking. In both of these films. Look at both or, these they, films. They still look beautiful to this And day. they're still not even... And, and, and they look better than most shit put out today. Yeah. Yes. Like most Fucking shit put out today doesn't look half as good as either one of these films. Either one. Uh, yes. So let's pause here. Let's count our votes and see... You know what, though? <clears throat> I, 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 I want to say... I think that's because a lot of films nowadays don't try. They don't. Let, <laughs> don't they don't let fuck. the fucking world breathe. Yeah. Well, that, it's you all know? about money anymore. Nobody yeah. has any passion or heart into the films that they. <clears throat> no, I, they're, they're just they're making shit characters and, and focusing on 
you know, explosions and shitty CGI. Well, honestly, Blade Runner is a world that we're walking through slowly, panning around. Everything's so convenient in that world, and that's what we're headed for. You know, honestly, Blade Runner shouldn't even have came off as successful with them trying to stop Ridley Scott and kind of intervene the last minute. That's why we got the the happy ending, you know? Um, I'm surprised. So I'm very curious what they're going to do with this 2049. But let's take a break here, guys. Count our votes and see what we have, and we'll talk about whether the Golden Idol winner is Pantheon. So yeah, let's kick Blade Runner up. Let's go. Let's after we say <laughs> after we stop, we'll go. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams. Glitter in the dark near the ten house gate. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in rain. We are back, and after counting the Golden Idols, it was close. Real fucking close. I was sweating. <laughs> but Blade Runner is the Golden Idol winner. Yeah, baby! <laughs> so the only sci-fi movie that matters now. And for you people that voted for Blade Runner on the poll, you can thank Cousin Wayne for that <laughs> shit, all right? So get on your knees when you pray to God tonight and say thank you, God, for Cousin Wayne. <laughs> Blade Runner is the winner. So the only sci-fi movie that matters now is Blade Runner. It is the versus winner, <clears> so does it deserve... <laughs> Pantheon. For any new listeners, the Pantheon is the home for our favorite movies of all time. So we need a unanimous vote tonight, and then it gets kicked up to the Pantheon Council. Cousin Wayne, is Blade Runner Pantheon worthy? Fuck yes, it is. <laughs> it's your number two film of all time? Yes, it is. Really? It really is. All right. It's pretty simple. I think we've talked enough probably tonight about how badass Blade Runner is, don't you? Or is there anything else you want to add to close that? I, I, Why should people vote? Why should the Council Vote yes for Pantheon. Uh, uh, Blade Runner is, again, it's a movie that has held up with time. Not a whole lot of science fiction movies can say that. You know, especially with special effects. Uh, it's still one of the most... It, it looks better than almost any other sci-fi that's put out today, even. And this was made in 1982. And really, Scott did not have a huge budget for this. I mean, it was okay... But it looks like he had way, way more. Yeah, the movie looks amazing. And, and it does, it, it, it's groundbreaking on, on, on the AI uh, touching that subject. Uh, it, it's groundbreaking story. I mean, it still has a cult following today. I mean, it, everything about this movie... Not too movie, many movies got into artificial intelligence, did they? No, Before not many. I mean, this was ahead of its time. And this this is a product of a man who loved what he was doing. Not AI, but... He I believed guess. in it. He, he put his heart into it. And it shows everywhere in this movie. This, 2001. This is truly a Pantheon movie. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you think? No. <laughs> Are you serious? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> okay. Did we, t- did we tell everybody how close this was? I don't. No, I we didn't. Uh, Blade Runner got twenty-seven points, and Akira got twenty-four points. So it was Man. fucking close. Can't do it, boys. I can't kick it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god damn it, Josh. <laughs> this movie is absolutely fucking stunning. <clears throat> Wayne said it. It's it, it, it's got a timeless quality to it that so few science fiction movies can claim, <coughs> uh, lay claim to. And 
I can't wait to watch more of it. I can't wait to experience more of it. I can't wait to watch the other versions. Just to, and you'll get something different from each one. It's exactly. beautiful, and, and I think that's that's kind of the appeal to it. There's so much culture behind Blade Runner, that, that's and, a, and so much influence uh, over films that are being made today, both in them wanting to replicate it, as also compete with it. You know, learn from it. Uh, so, yeah, without a doubt, this movie should absolutely not be put up with Pantheon. Yeah, it's a it's a lead. Yes, it's a it's a leader in the in its own genre. You know, it, it created the fucking genre as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, if you I say, was a director making a sci fi movie today, I'd be like, okay, as far as visually effects wise, yeah. how beautiful do I want this to look? I, I I would take some serious fucking notes from Blade Runner. Yeah, if you know, again, you, it's, you did catch my dissenting vote there, right? Yes, I did. And I'm going to fucking ignore it. <laughs> I had enough close calls for the night. Yeah, again, it's not my favorite science fiction movie, but when you say science fiction. That's what's in my head, man. Just that world that... Uh, what is your favorite science fiction movie? If I had to, I'd probably go Star Wars. If we're talking ships and aliens. And well, what's, what's Star Wars? I mean, like I said, that's the thing. Man, I, I don't know, dude. Uh, if I had to pick... Grounded one, science fiction. Grounded there science fiction? Go. Probably Blade Runner, then. Yeah. It's uh, it's dirty, but it's technologically advanced. You know, it's a mix of cultures. It's um, believable. It's believable. I mean, it's, it's, it's it's believable because it's dirty. Yeah, I just, I love the, the exactly. look of this world, man. It's, it's set the standard. It's the gold standard for science fiction, I think. You know, believable, kind of grounded science fiction. Um, the look of the world, man. It, the, map, the map paintings, the miniatures. We didn't even get to talk too much about the miniatures tonight. But uh, there's just a layered detail to everything that you're looking at, man. There's a shot that, it's just a small shot in the scheme of things. And it has nothing to do really science fiction-wise. But it's when Deckard goes to see his, his captain. It's before he walks it. Before he walks into the office, there's that shot that kind of pans down, and you just see the dirty roof, the rooftop of his yeah, captain. Yeah, I, I wanted to comment like, on that. Yeah. No, nothing was half-assed in this. Movie. No, everything nothing. looks dirty and grimy. They knew they were going to be going by there, so they fucking dirty it up. Every yes, and, and then like when it shows uh, Tyrell's pyramid, uh, uh, the towers of flame that shoot. Yeah. First, you just see beauty and serenity, and then you just see the industrial. These, yeah, exactly. Oh. It just reminds you of how. Dirty and gritty. This depressing future is. It, it, I love it. Yeah, I can't wait for someone to watch Akira. Is there a single fucking tree in this movie. No, I don't no. think so. <laughs> there's um, no life other. Than yeah, there's no real animals, animals either. <laughs> and and most of the people on screen aren't real either, right? True. So I mean, it's so much synthetic life in it. It, it, it pure science fiction. Yeah, pure science. Fiction. I love it. I say yes. Is there I anything? I guess I'll officially go on the record and say. It can go to Pantheon. <laughs> Goddamn right. <laughs> I, think, I think this one will have an easier time, I would hope, than 2001. This should be a shoe. Is it a shoe-in win? I feel a little shoe less what do you mean? trepidatious Council. about Council. it. This should fit right the fuck in. I'm serious, man. Unless Kyle says no, it should be unanimous. <laughs> you know what? It's actually, it's actually very interesting. Kyle has never watched Blade Runner. Really? I can't oh, wait. Kyle, you got to get on that, bro. You really I can't do. wait to see what Kyle says. I, I, I do. Even if he says no, that's fine. But I, I would love to know his opinion hey, on this. There it is. Right? You know, somebody Nathan, who's never Nathan seen it. is bringing movies to people. Yep. That's what it's all so, about. Oh, yeah. Continuing the conversation that started long ago. So, anything else you guys want to say before we close? I'm good. Okay. No, I'm, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I, lo- I, love, I love this versus, guys. It's my favorite versus since we've started versus. It's the most challenging. The, my favorite versus all the way back since, uh, this is probably like our 12th. Fifteenth, something like that. Yeah. Versus since we started AV, um, this is my favorite. Out of it was, this was the most challenging. It is, me. dude. I, Honestly, as much as I love Braid Runner, if it had lost, I, I would have said yes to yeah. Pantheon for a kid. I felt like the outsider getting. Hey, we we both we all knew going into this right that they were both Pantheon. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I well, you know what? I didn't think Akira was going to have a chance. I'm glad that it was so close. I figured you guys would go more Blade Runner. You know, you know honestly, it was kind of as much, Akira. It, 
You sold me on those character yeah. categories. My, my, my awards that I gave to Blade Runner, it's not like they blew the Akira out of the water. You know I mean? The, the runner-ups that I had for Akira, pretty close to Blade Runner. Just uh, Blade Runner was just a little bit better on each level, I thought. Well, I think this is a great time to <laughs> announce our next verses, which will probably be in the next, what, four, four to five weeks. Oh, uh, right. Darren Aronofsky has a new movie coming out uh, titled Mother. That comes out, I believe, the first week of October. So we're going to try to get that out before that release um, because then we have an Evil Dead 1 and 2 that we're going to do um, after that. Our <laughs> That's October, gonna be fucking our awesome. October versus. I can't wait for that as well. That's going to be a fun versus. Just sit it back is. and watch the movies. But um, So our next one with Darren Aronofsky, um, he, his last movie he directed was uh, Noah, I believe. And I wasn't a big fan of Noah. I don't know if you guys watched Noah. It was yeah. interesting, but... That's a great way to put it. It's interesting, yeah. his idea of making this outside-the-box biblical, you know, epic. It's, it's very interesting. I'd tell anybody to go watch it, because he pissed off even, you know, hardcore Christians, because, I mean, they, he went, he took some liberty, took a lot of myth, yeah, all kinds I, of stuff. Well, it's all a myth to me, but, I mean, it's, it, true, it's, it's true, still true. A, a, cool, a cool story. I was yeah. like, well, okay, you know, I, I enjoyed watching it that first time. But I, I can't picture myself watching it yeah. anytime I'm soon. a big Aronofsky fan. Um, everything from uh, Pie to Requiem for a Dream. Not a Pie fan. Really? Requiem I love Requiem for a Dream, though. That was amazing. So there's a lot of great movies. So we're going to put um, The Wrestler versus Black Swan. And I've yet to see Black Swan yet. I've, I've not seen that. I've been wanting to. So so that's going to be so cool. Really? Oh, The Wrestler's fucking... I, that's a great movie. Yeah. I said I don't know how to Black stack up against Black Swan. a great Ball. movie. So it should be... <laughs> well, be a good fucking person. The versus. reason we're putting these together, there are a lot of themes that... Uh, that correlate, um, but especially stresses of performing. Exa- exactly, they both even have a a um, a job. One's a wrestler, one's a ballerina. That's kind of you know very interesting to compare. Um, one's very female centric, one's very male centric. Well, I've read so, the plot and stuff for Black Swan. I kind of get the gist of what it's about, but it is it's about how far will you fucking go to be at the top of what it is you do. Darren Aronofsky is the <laughs> obsession director all yeah. of his movies have oh, a God, hardcore yeah. obsession theme to them so it's going to be interesting to put these movies together and the main reason we're putting them together though is at one time they used to be the same screenplay which i can't wait to bring up in our that'll be cool in the uh, yeah the very beginning of that episode but yeah very first uh it was going to be the, the same movie so are they are they better separated or would it would have would have made a better you know cohesive movie if they were added together so i can't wait to break that down talk with you guys about that and about Five weeks. So, uh, Wayne, because where, where can they find you? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, all over. I'm on AV, Facebook. All right, Adventures in Video Land. Until next time, my good people, you've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Good day. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye.